Dave. Okay, and now we're going to join LAUSD for their press conference. Students, staff, families, and visitors, safe in the midst of a growing health crisis. This is Superintendent Austin Butner. We're now at a point where the balance has shifted and the appropriate path is to close schools. We're taking this step to keep our school communities safe. Effective Monday, March 16th, we will close all Los Angeles Unified Public Schools for two weeks while we evaluate the appropriate path forward. While our school facilities will be closed, plans are in place for students to continue to learn during this time. And we will open 40 family resource centers throughout the community we serve to continue to provide care for children if families need it. This is a difficult but necessary decision as we try to slow the spread of the virus. Los Angeles Unified serves a high-needs population, and our schools provide a social safety net for children. The closing of any school has real consequences beyond the loss of instructional time. This isn't an easy decision and not one which we take lightly. Each student will have a plan they will take home with them today, and additional support will be provided to assist them as they transition to learning in a different way and our teachers as they transition to teaching in a different way. For some students, it will be to continue the lesson plan and instruction they've already been working on with their classroom teacher. For others, it will be engaging with the curriculum lessons which we and PBS SoCal will be providing. And for some, it will be a combination of the two. While our special education centers will also close, students and families will continue to have access to services from the regional centers they currently rely on. Our family resource centers will be open on Wednesday 19th, Wednesday, Wednesday March 18th, I'm sorry. They will be staffed weekdays from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. with trained professionals. Children will be able to have a warm meal, engage with their peers, and pursue their different studies, and they'll be safe. We're developing a family resource guide that we'll provide to all of our families before Monday to help answer any questions they might have. At this moment, I want to extend a heartfelt thanks to all of our staff who are working tirelessly to help our students and planning for them to remain connected to the school community. We know the adults on a school campus are an important part of any student's life and we're going to do our best to try and maintain that connection. All of our employees should rest assured they'll be paid during this time, even if they are not directly involved in providing services to students. And to our families, we thank you for your patience and trust as we work together to maintain some sense of normalcy in these difficult times. These next two weeks will be difficult and we are not certain what lies ahead after that. You have my unwavering commitment to do all that we can to help you and your children. We'll do our best to keep you informed as facts and circumstances may change quite quickly. So we encourage you to stay informed. Check our website, LAUSD.net, regularly. I will post updates on my Twitter at AustinLA Schools or you may call the following phone hotlines, 
for families, 213-443-100. For employees, 213-241-2700. We thank you for your support. It's my privilege now to introduce the President of Los Angeles Unified School District's Board of Directors, Dr. Richard Vladevich. Thank you, Mr. Superintendent. We're going to ask that maybe each board member would like to make a comment. But just overall, the board supports the superintendent. This wasn't an easy decision. And as we reflected over and over and over again, we felt it was the right decision at the right time. And as we work with children, it's always been our philosophy that it's extraordinary care. These are trying times. Not every answer has been answered, or every question has been answered, but we're working through them with the support and our people working very, very hardly and with our centers that are gonna open up. We feel we are making the right decision at this time. This is a crisis in America that we all have to anticipate and work towards finding at least a solution or how to mitigate it. So with that, uh, I would like each of our board members uh, to maybe make a brief comment. With that, I'll turn to my Vice President, uh, Mrs. Goldberg, if she could come up and say a few words. It's probably the most difficult decision any of us on the board have had to make um, because it affects so many people and it affects so many children and it affects so many people who have jobs that they are fearful of losing if they have childcare issues. You do this only when you are in the midst of having uncertainty about the future because we've had so little testing. When there's not any testing, you don't know how far the spread has been in the community. And rather than wait and see how difficult and how many people are ill, I think most of us have decided that the better thing to do is to try to prevent the spread by reducing the number of people who are in contact with each other who could become ill. And that's really what our decision is. It's probably the hardest thing I think I've ever had to vote on since I've been on the board. Buenas tardes, uh, soy Mónica García y ahora quisiera informarles que el distrito ha anunciado que las escuelas públicas se cierran empezando el lunes 16 de marzo. Sabemos que esta decisión... We're listening to Monica Garcia. Well, there you go. Monica Garcia uh, talking for LASD, a board member talking about the fact that they have made the decision that as of Monday... L.A. Unified Schools will be closed now, for at least two weeks. kind of knew this was coming, but it is massive news. Uh, this is a massive school district, and it means that parents are going to have to figure out what to do with their kids in terms of child care and, uh, in many cases, in terms of meals the schools provide. Yeah, that's going to be – I think that is one of the major issues and the major things that the school district is going to have to figure out now because so many kids in L.A. rely on – uh, rely on the schools for for food. I mean, for meals, regular meals, not just the the lunches, but breakfasts and a lot of times dinners as well. So, uh, all right. Well, here we are. Uh, the new normal is upon us. It seems. So I uh, I live in a really nice community. Everyone's very nice there. In fact, when I moved from Marina del Rey to where I live now, I thought I was in the twilight zone because everyone was so kind and so nice. People talk to you everywhere you go. They're just they're just really friendly. 
Well, I and then and then, <laughs> and then I stop at the uh, the grocery market last night on my way home yesterday afternoon. So what about two thirty or so? Because it takes now six minutes to get home and six minutes to get here. Uh, I'm exaggerating, but the traffic has cut back way back. Significant today. Um, yeah, significant, and it's raining. Um, so I stop at the grocery store, and it was just insanity. I mean, and, and here's the thing: nobody's chit chatting. No, there are no smiles per usual. It was just every man out for himself. Everyone had this look in their eyes, like they were there to get what they were going to get, and nobody was going to come in between them and their canned goods yeah. or their toilet paper or whatever the hell it was they were stocking up on. And I said to the checker, who's usually very nice as well, and he's not speaking at all, and he's trying not to have contact with anybody. And I said, has it been crazy? And he says, well, I just got here at 2. He said, but I, everybody else said that there has been lines around the store all day long. And the, the, I saw people with shopping carts just stacked up with canned goods and everything, all the pasta and the rice and all of that. Gone, gone, gone. Like we're like we're never going to be able to leave our homes for a, for another two months. Well, I, I, the the biggest issue we talked about this yesterday. I think the biggest issue is that there is a sense of uncertainty. That even if you listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the National Boy uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, that's got, got the title right. This is a guy who's been at the forefront. He's been doing all the interviews. He's been standing next to the president and vice president when it comes to giving information about all of this. And you want that guy to tell you this is over in four weeks. He can't tell you that. He doesn't know. Right. I mean, he he would say, I would love it if we're on the short, you know, if we play the short game here and and we say within three or four weeks, we start to see everything sort of turned down, all of the social distancing, the the mitigating factors, we can flatten that curve and we'll start to see some progress here. But even he can't say that. And that uncertainty is what's driving so many people. I've seen a couple of, you know, there are plenty of people who are going to be working from home for, for now. Uh, there are teachers whose, you know, I don't want to say their lives are upended, but their their profession has been upended because they're doing things differently now by doing online classes and everything. Healthcare workers are obviously the ones at the forefront of all of this. So huge kudos and a tip of the cap to everybody who's been working overtime in these places. There is something to be said about the people who are showing up to these grocery stores, uh, it, the workers. I mean, th- there's that's sort of also one of the one of the front lines of the weirdness of all yes, of this. A weird front line. I mean, we know people who work at Costco and they talk about how Costco on a normal day, every you know, you don't want to go to Costco on a Saturday morning because it's crazy, right? That's when everybody feels like they have time. The lines are out the door. It just seems like it's going to be forever. But th- even those people who have seen everything in Costco are saying, this is weird. Yeah, we're just in uncharted territory. And we have to kind of make peace with that, the unknown, and just Calm down a little bit. I uh, I was reading through social media this morning, and one of my friends I went to high school with posted this on Facebook, and I didn't get past uh, much of it until I was laughing so hard I was streaming tears down my face. And this is one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about today. Um, 
in about an hour, we'll be taking your calls about your experience at the grocery store or whatever, your whole coronavirus experience, because I think that they're unique. You were talking about it this morning in the office, how you have a unique experience because you come in here and we talk for four hours about it. Uh, your wife volunteers at a hospital. She's got that viewpoint. Uh, your your daughter's in high school. She's got that viewpoint. And the four of you, you know, converge with different thoughts about it day to day. And that's just four people. Right. That's not 15 million in the greater Southern California area. Exactly. So we want to hear from all 15 million of you today. (laughs) No. Okay. So this is the post from uh, my, my friend Isaiah. He says, so I went to Walgreens last night to get some toilet paper because my house was actually out of toilet paper. A couple was in the toilet paper aisle. They each had a full size shopping cart. One cart was stuffed completely full of TP. Bottom rack, overflowing basket, the whole damn thing. And they were in the process of stuffing the second cart full to overflowing. And they had this wild look in their eyes as I approached. I imagine they were thinking one or both of two things. Number one, should we go back and get a third cart? And or we got to shank this mf or if he makes a move for our TP. Well, the good news, well, go on. He says, not wanting to make any abrupt movements or threatening gestures, I slowed my roll, removed my hands from my pockets, smiled, and simply asked, why? (laughs) They said something about every other place being completely sold out, and what if we can't leave the house for two weeks? To that I asked, how much pooping do you plan to do over the next two weeks? They only chuckled in response and continued to stuff the second cart full. I took my modest purchase of three nine-packs of Angel Soft to the register, just enough to fill the cupboard above the toilet. Uh, um, he says, I think I have enough, but if I'm wrong, I suppose we could feed the garden hose through the bathroom window and make a working man's bidet. <laughs> I also heard somebody on the radio this morning say that he'll just hop up onto the sink. Wow. And do the, do the splash. <laughs> I mean, a I, manual oh, bidet. God, oh, that's interesting. Well, see, here's the thing. Well, I if would take you, away the then, good news. And then the... my husband's, uh, one of his colleagues calls him. She says she's going to be late today. And she's in tears because she can't find toilet paper. And he says, well, what's the worst thing? So, okay, let's say you run out of toilet paper. Right. Use a washcloth or something. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean. <laughs> this is this is part of what, what frustrates me about this scenario, the toilet paper issue, the the, the bottled water mentality. We're a soft people. We are such a soft people. Like, because imagine, and I've gone through the scenarios a bunch it, while laying asleep at night. I've gone through these scenarios. Okay, let's just assume we do get cut off. Like there is some weird mandatory thing that says you don't leave. Don't be careful. I use my sweatshirt. Okay, touching your face. Um, that, we, that we're told, please don't leave your homes. Unless there's an emergency, please don't leave your homes. This isn't considered an emergency, right? So if we're told for two weeks... You just take what you've got in your home and make it for 14 days. Can you? Yes. We're not going to cut off water. We're not going to cut off electricity or Wi-Fi, anything like that. Could you make it for 14 days Look in your in home? Look in your freezer alone. Well, now, that's that's our freezer. There are people who would not be able to make it. But that's where the rest of us as a society have to be able to say, I have extra. Well, you said you, you said this morning that your wife saw on Facebook there was somebody with a family of seven who didn't have any toilet paper, and yeah. they were asking for help with that. And you told your wife they're not taking any of our stuff. Well, because I'm not because I don't have extra. I'm not. I didn't oh, go don't. out and hoard any, any you, toilet paper. Have you taken account of rolls? Um, I'm I'm generally aware of how much there is in the house. I'll say that. 
I'm generally aware. I haven't gone through and counted and then done the math. <laughs> I because I did have to ask. I don't even well, know how, how much, much would you how much say do you go, go through? through. That's what I because I didn't Who knows know that. It's that it's it's one of those things that when we do make that Costco run every six weeks or whatever it is, oh, you know what? We'll just throw another throw a package on there just because because you're here, right? Um, but it's not like they're the only place that sells it. It's not like they're the only ones who have bottled water. But it's just insane the pictures that people are posting from from social media about stores and empty shelves and fights and. Just it's it's it, it was a little bit of Lord of the Flies, and that was Thursday. That was when everything was shutting down yeah. yesterday. That, that's a key, I think, is 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 how things go over the weekend. Listen, the weekend, just relax, calm down. I know it's going to be rainy. Maybe a barbecue, something. In that's the, rain, the other problem. Is it's not going to have. We're not going to have sunshine until Thursday. So we're going to have seasonal affective disorder as well in Los Angeles. It is very. It is very weird. Uh, and that you said that the other day, the idea that it's raining while this is going on. And yesterday, my nose has ever itched so much. <laughs> yesterday, after I got home, um, I just I tried to turn all of that stuff off, and I was doing other things. I was looking at uh, whatever. I was w- looking at the computer. I was, oh, I was reading about um, uh, baseball because I What's was that? I was going through the series of other times that baseball seasons have been interrupted. And for strikes, for wars, for uh, September 11th attacks and those types of things. But this is unprecedented and an unknown amount of time for baseball and, of course, all the other sports. But I, you know, wanted to do something else. My wife started watching This Is Us. Boy, that's a and then she started watching another TV show, one of those hospital shows. That's probably not the. the, So then we watched an episode of Homeland. Right. Because it's it's so it does not reflect what's going on in the world today. I mean, it is, I know, you know, Homeland, they're talking about a Taliban peace deal. So it does echo some of the headlines that we talked about last week, but it's not what's going on. It was a very tense episode. If you haven't seen it from Sunday night, it's a very tense episode. It's about a firefight in Afghanistan. And at the end of it, you know, it's 945, 10 o'clock at night at the end of it. Well, I'm not really necessarily ready for bed yet, but I am not turning on the TV. I, I am not watching any TV. I cried yesterday watching The Biggest Loser. And I thought, what's this all about? <laughs> Who's making my eyes talk water? <laughs> like, why am I crying watching The Biggest Loser? It's usually not uh, a This Is Us type of trigger show for that. No, but- And I'm just wondering if I'm suppressing some sort of emotion <laughs> over this and it came out in the form of crying over the grandmother that that got sent home because she fell below the red line. Well, I'll tell you the same thing I told my daughter. So she came home yesterday. You're talking about the different um, perspectives that everybody has on this. She was told yesterday the district hasn't canceled school yet where she goes, but has said everything else is off the table. No big rallies, no sports, at least suspended until the end of April. But, I mean, at that point, there's – there's nobody who's going to be able to put together a season for baseball or volleyball or whatever else is out there. So sports are done. Prom is done. At least the one that was scheduled. They may reschedule at some point and figure out what's going on. So all of this stuff has been taken off her table at the end of her senior yeah, year of you high know, school. And you just think about that, your senior year and how how much of your high school memory is around your senior year and all the events and stuff. And she's always going to remember it as the coronavirus. Right. But I'm, I was trying to say to her, it's totally okay to be 
uh, upended by this. It's okay to, to, to feel like, oh, I don't know what the next day is going to be like. She was asking us things like, well, if I don't have school or, you know, if I have to go to school online and dedicate a few hours of my day to that, can I still hang out with friends? Which was code for can I still hang out with my boyfriend? And can I still do things? And we said, well, of course you can. There's no reason that you, you, you're you not going to stop living. Plus, this is a temporary thing. We just don't know how temporary. We don't know when the end date on this is. Or we don't even know the criteria for when we can start going back to those types of things. We don't know what the criteria will be for the health department to say, you know what? Social distancing be damned. Give everybody a hug today. What That's going to be a ways away, but... It's the uncertainty of it that I think has freaked a lot of people out. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about the idea of of testing later on in the show. We did not get Dr. Barbara Ferrer yesterday because everything got pushed back. She was actually on with John and Ken a little bit later in the day, right? Um, but we're going to try to get her again today in the one o'clock hour. And there's a few things around testing which I have found out um, just because I've been drinking from the fire hose about testing now. There are a lot of reports about the number of tests that have been done in the United States, in California, in L.A. County, and they keep using the term test kits. People are meaning different things when they say the same words, and that, I think, is adding to some confusion about what's going on with testing. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci is the guy. I mentioned him, the National Institute of uh, Allergies and Infectious Diseases. That's what he said. That's what his title is. And he was asked on CBS this morning about what's going on with testing. How could we screw it up so badly so early? The original system that was set up worked for a particular type of a public health response, patient-physician relationship, order a test, etc. It was not designed for a much broader blanketing of the country to have tests available. That is being rapidly corrected. Admittedly, Back when this particular individual had that experience, it did not work for that particular physician. But I'm looking forward now. We had a task force meeting yesterday, and we heard that the kinds of tests from the commercial sector that would be available, readily available, is really very, very close right now. That There's two things about that that I think are important. Number one, the admission that early on, we blew it. We totally blew it. Now, that doesn't mean that it was that there's no time for us to get around this, but we blew it early on. The second thing about it is that he he referenced commercial labs being able to pick up some of the slack of the government. That, I think, is the difference between how we, the United States, handle this and how other countries are going to handle the president is blaming Obama. He took to Twitter and said, for decades, the CDC looked at and studied its testing system, but did nothing about it. It would always be inadequate and slow for a large scale pandemic, but a pandemic would never happen, they hoped. President Obama made changes that only complicated things further. Their response to H1N1 swine flu was a full scale disaster with thousands dying and nothing meaningful done to fix the testing problem until now. Wasted time for him to do that. The changes have been made and testing will soon happen on a very large scale basis. All red tape has been cut, ready to go. I don't know. It's the moment. Anyway, (laughs) the president, speaking of, is holding a news conference today at noon our time. There are a lot of questions. By the way, he's holding a press briefing is the way it's been described. 
What that means to me is he's going to make a statement and then open it up to questions. And depending on how he feels today, um, this thing could go for a couple of hours. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility because remember, Part of, as that is evidence on Twitter, he feels like he's being blamed for a lot of this. He's not a guy who lets that slide off his back. He's a guy who's going to punch back. Well, and here's the thing, and I think that's what a lot of people feared when he became president. It's not about him. Yeah. He's very myopic in that everything is about him, and this is not, although it might be, because we got reports that the Brazilian president... Has tested, tested positive, positive, as well as the press officer, as well as the the mayor of Miami, who, who was, was also there at Mar-a-Lago with the president. I mean, that's three people that he sat at a table with and shook hands with and had very close contact with for more than 10 minutes that have come down with this thing. To add flavor to that story, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the guy I just played the cut from, had said, if it were up to me, I would suggest that President Trump be tested. Just if nothing else, to let everybody know it's an easy thing to do. It's there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it gives you the, it, you know, the fact that the president's around all kinds of people all day. This could potentially change the behavior. The second thing about that is, according to the Brazilian president's official Facebook page, a second test came back negative. I don't know if that's a spin. I don't know if that's uh, a way to try to stop this story. But but as we've seen in situations like this, the negative test is much quieter than the positive test. So the fact that he tested positive, even his own son said that he had tested positive. So and I think that's what's going to happen if the president tests positive for this. We'll never know about it. I don't think he would want that publicized. I don't think he would feel the need to publicize that. Would, I think that it, he would see it as a sign of weakness. It would take an interesting attitude shift on his behalf to admit that he would test positive. Right. Because it's what it would there's be. There's no way. I just don't think that there's any way he would admit to himself, let alone anyone else. Maybe he listens to Dr. Rodney Pete. Maybe he, maybe he can grunt it out. Or maybe he could say, I did test positive, but clearly I'm not affected by it. It's possible. Um, the, the most... Um, common expectation i think about what's going to happen at noon is that the president will declare a national emergency as a result of covid-19 and that declaration of course would just free up financial resources to help americans affected by the outbreak when it comes probably to testing paying for it treating it all of it hey there's um there's the sports world it's an entertainment thing right everybody we're we're we joked about yesterday that they've taken away all of our sports. What are we going to do Sometimes for the next Sometimes sports are of... more than entertainment. Sometimes, well, Sometimes it's who we are. They're multi-billion dollar businesses that are being interrupted. Oh, the economy is really the loser in all of this. I mean, from local economy, small businesses, all the way up. Yeah. I mean, we talked yesterday about March Madness and how they net nearly a billion dollars from it, the NCAA. Um, yeah, let's talk about that when we come back. I know my nose. That's won't four stop times well, in the last ten sweatshirt. minutes that you've had to scratch your nose. Can I use my sweatshirt? That's okay. You can burn it. Yeah, you can use it. You don't burn forty nine ers. I feel like you're being a little bit too. of an alarmist. I'm just being aware. All right, awareness is key. Coming up next. Let's not be selfish now. Where will Tom Brady go?
Well, I welcomed that talk this morning on KLAC <laughs> for the first time. I've been like up in arms, right? Like about this whole Tom Brady speculation. Like, come on. There's other stuff to talk about, guys. And now, and now I'm like, give it to me. Give all, give me all the Tom Brady conspiracy theories. I'm here for all of them because they don't involve the freaking virus. What does Giselle think? I don't care about that yet. Oh, yet. Right. Give me all the right. weekend. Let us know how you're feeling. Uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to take phone calls as well as uh, as we steer through this uh, this new normal, whatever this is. Gary and Shanna will continue. Just to, Hey. Yeah. It's our first pandemic together. Oh, should we do something uh, nope. to honor that? Probably not. All right. Stay six feet away from each other. Uh, that ship has sailed. Probably about four or five. Feet. Yeah. Well, then, no, nothing. That's all I could think of. Thanks, Blake. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. There's an old adage in in what we do that suggests that um, if you're pissing off both sides, you're doing a good job. I don't necessarily adhere to that, but we get email emails every once in a while that talk about we're just we're fanning the flames of this. We're spreading more BS. And others that tell us. We're not telling the truth about just how dangerous this is. And I've oh, here's where I take confidence. The, the truth is in the middle there somewhere. Yes. It's, it's somewhere in the middle. And and, and, and if here's you, the other thing. Hysteria will make you sick. You can make yourself sick over yeah. this by being uh, overcome with with fear and hysteria and all of that. But you can also make your you can also run Face first into sickness by being a complete moron about it. Don't be a it. dumbass. Um, we did have a friend to that end. There's We have a common friend who works in radio who uh, posted something yesterday on Facebook that said, I don't know about you all, but I'm having a hard time sleeping at night. And there has been a significant uptick in the number of people who are using cannabis to sleep at night. Going to pot shops and buying uh, sure. gummies or whatever. Okay. Just, just to relax. Just calm down. To get a good night's sleep so that wake up and start all over again, I suppose. Um, we got an email from someone who overheard an elderly couple at the store saying uh, the wife was upset because they didn't have any toilet paper. And the husband says to her, well, you can always wipe your ass with paper towels. Okay, don't. Do, first of all, you can. Uh, let me just say from uh, all of the plumbers in the world, do not flush that. Oh, boy. you're going to want a third world country that and put that in a garbage can and take that outside. My brother's a plumber. I bet he's going to get a lot of work out of this thing. People are going to start wiping with weird stuff <laughs> and stop. By the way, I know that people have been sending us this. Yes. Stop sending us the the six yeah. great yeah. household items you can wipe with. The latest one to send me that was Steve Gregory. Yes. And trust me, if I if I find myself in that situation, I'm not going to come into work and go, oh, my gosh, you guys, I tried number four on the list and number six on the list. And let me tell you, using a hairbrush is not a good idea. There was a fist fight apparently, at Trader Joe's in La Cunata. Mm. That's a nice place. Two, two women got into it. My wife- I got to tell you, people are out for themselves. 
This is not one of those things that's bringing us together, I don't feel. My wife said in all caps yesterday, I think I read that to you, that she was at a store and she said there's a lot of stuff that's gone, you know, like the hand sanitizers and the wipes and everything. And everybody in all caps. And everybody's being a D. Yeah. That's exactly the uh, experience I had. Um, the, the plan today, by the way, just as a just as an update at noon today is when we expect to see the president come out. He's a, uh, scheduled a press briefing today on coronavirus at 11 o'clock. Our time is when Nancy Pelosi is expected to talk about the legislative response to all of this and the coronavirus bill that's been making its way through Congress. Um, and then in the one o'clock hour is when we are expecting to get. Our daily check-in with Dr. Barbara Ferrer from L.A. County Public Health. They say now inmates at all 122 federal correctional facilities are no longer allowed visits for the next month. No visits to inmates at any federal prison for a month. (laughs) How come we never get prison mail anymore? Did you used to get prison mail? I, I used to get a bunch of prison mail at I'm KFBK in Sacramento. Not going to to lie to you. A blonde woman's going to get a lot more prison mail than I am. Uh-huh. Just, just so you know. I mean, I did get some. Well, but this was before the internet, of kind of, right? So nobody oh, knew what I looked like. They would just write to to people on the radio. Close your eyes. Prison time. Oh, really? People imagine. Oh, yeah. Interesting. It's like the mind internet. Is that what you did when you were inside? Yes. When I was doing my dime in Folsom, uh, the only internet I had was my brain. I just would like to get a handwritten prison letter is all I'm saying. I haven't gotten one in about 15 years. We were laughing about how uh, people were making essential oils, trying to sell essential oils. By with putting it on their well, on their butt. The, 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 the story was essential oils. If you rub it on your butt, it will prevent it. Um, and we are also talking about how people were selling essential oils in the wake of the Kobe Bryant death. Like, if you need to calm, oh you yeah, sell- yeah. Somebody on Facebook just said, "Now is the time to stockpile Girl Scout cookies." Message me if you want to buy some. Listen, we are a capitalist society where we see <laughs> an, a, an opportunity to make some money or move some product. We're going to do it because America. But the essential oils thing needs to go. One of my dear, dear friends who I just adore, she's in that racket. Listen, if it doesn't... uh, I just... It makes me sad. My take on the essential oils is this. It's not going to hurt you, probably. But it's certainly not going to cure a coronavirus. Here's the other thing. They're not essential. (laughs) There is... There is that. We talked just about sports. When we come back, uh, I'll tell you what I found in terms of making up for the fact that there will be no sports in the coming days. Uh, There's a lot of talk that Tom Brady may end up uh, with the Colts with that nice, strong offensive line. I thought that, however, Rivers was the guy that I thought so too. Now the talk is that he's going to go to the Buccaneers and they're going to get rid of Winston. And then there's also talk that Tom Brady is going to go to San Francisco for the year where Kirk Cousins isn't available because Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins, and then he could just bridge the gap. However, the thinking is that the Chargers need Tom Brady. They need him to make that splash for that new stadium, be relevant. More Tom Brady talk. Something. I'm just kidding. That's it. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment.
Jerry and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, give us a call coming up after Amy's news at the top of the hour. We want to hear about your experience with this coronavirus. We were talking, or I was talking about stopping by the market yesterday on the way home and kind of Lord of the Flies vibe in there. What has been your experience? Have you seen any fights over toilet paper? Uh... How is it with your kids, with your parents? Let us know. We found out that even though yesterday we were hoping that golf was going to be around for us to watch this weekend. We have nothing. They canceled the rest of the players tournament down at TPC Sawgrass. And the next few tournaments that they were going to have. And... Then we found out that maybe NASCAR will still run, but without crowds. Uh, But that's not a huge deal, I think. I mean, I've never been to a NASCAR event in person. But I could get into it if it was the only thing on. Well, and and TV, I think that's one of those, uh, another one of those sports where TV, it's it's better to view it than it is to be there in person. But only because I haven't been there in person. I mean, there's something to the roar of the cars, but... Just in terms of keeping track of the competition and hearing the in-car audio and all that sort of stuff, that's that's very well done on TV. Uh, I looked for um, I looked for any live sports today, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not. I feel like a quiver in my voice. I'm not going to watch esports. You don't want to watch some guy in East Lansing playing Legend of Zelda. I don't. Hmm. I don't. I don't right now. Talk to me on Monday, and, yeah. we, and that may change. But as of right now, I could I'm watch. Getting, there's no esports for 72 hours for me, for sure. I could watch pro athletes play Madden. I, th- I, I think I could think get that's into that. Different, I, but maybe that's not different. Hmm. I did find I did find a cricket match between India and Pakistan that that really was only two days ago. So for me, it's brand new. Right. And they were speaking English, so I could totally understand what was going on when they were saying things. But I don't understand what's going on on the cricket pitch, if that's what they call it. I have no idea how that works. The bowlers and the hurlers and the balls and the home runs or whatever they call it. It looks like they've canceled cricket matches in the future here. You did that on purpose. You let me get that far into that story so that you could wait and then snatch away the only sport that Listen, I had. We need to not get out each other's throats. We need to be nice to each other through this and it was really <laughs> be careful. There's two thoughts that I had. We were walking <laughs> down into the sales area earlier. A lot of people have decided that they wanted to work from home. The company has given a lot of permission to do that. Um, I started looking around. If I had to quarantine here, I picked my room. I I get that mechanical room down the hall there. It's it's airy, it's spacey. There's not there's a lot of hard like concrete surfaces, so we're not going to see a lot of uh, a lot of viruses living for a very long time in there. And there's enough ozone in that thing that uh, it's going to knock out whatever virus is floating around there. So that's my room. If anybody asks, League of Legends has been canceled. So now they're even canceling. They're canceling esports. esports. NBA's esports league has postponed its season. Huh. Well, what we could do is is uh, we we could go play basketball. No, no, we can't. Well, here's the thing: you and I, if one of us has it, the other one has it. 
We at would, this point. The only sport that I think would be acceptable is if we both brought basketballs yeah. to a court, had to be a full court, mm-hmm. and played horse yeah, where on you were on one side. Sure, sure. And you're like, uh, left corner of the key. And then right. you, you try to make the shot. And then I got to find the left corner of the key, and I got to try to make yeah. the shot. Yeah, I mean, we could do that. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> How many families are going to be at each other's throats when this is all over? Because it's as I mentioned, it's raining until Thursday. Um, you can't really go anywhere or do anything. You know, going to the movies or going to the the track. I'm thinking of the things I do to right. the casino. It's all out. So that's a lot of time in your home inside together. Yeah, but you like reading. You're a book person I am, too. I am. So that's My husband okay. is too, and he's not a yapper. You know, but what if you? You know, what if? What if you live with Blake? That's a sobering thought. I'm just kidding, Blakey. But seriously, like, there's going to be people that uh, they they haven't had a lot of together time. And they're going to have a lot of together time. Well, we can hope for uh, for peace then. Small little pockets of peace. We can hope for peace? Oh, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Everything's Uh, fine. All right, here's the thing. Uh, Next hour, it's all phone calls. What's been going on in your life? Uh, with this uh, COVID-19 stuff. Have you been to the store? Is it crazy? Are there little secret places? You don't have to tell us where they are. Are there secret places that have all of the hand sanitizer and toilet paper you could you could eat? You could like, dream about? A whole buffet. Um, let us know. 800-520-1KFI. 800-520-1534. What is it that you're going to do for the next few days as we uh, embark on our new normal here? Gary and Channel will continue in just a moment right on KFI. Gary and Shannon. All right, I've decided um, I want to put a ban on people like Bernie Sanders talking about COVID-19. Agree. We need more hospitals. We need more ventilators. Hey, thanks for that, genius. Thanks. (laughs) Appreciate that. People need to stop hoarding the toilet paper. I I just want people to stop having a trying to make a political moment happen for them off this. Uh, The big the big news is LAUSD is going to be shut down uh, starting on Monday. Also, uh, the president in about an hour is going to probably declare a national emergency, which frees up money to pay for all this crap. All the testing and all of that. So we will be listening to his remarks live. He's going to take questions, too. Um, we were asking you what happened in your life so far. What's going on with uh, coronavirus and your experience? Look at that. We have a call from Italy. Mark is calling us from Naples. Hey, Mark, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Gary? Shannon, I'm here with my wife, Laura. Yes, we moved to Naples, Italy about four months ago from Brea, California, for some military orders. And on Valentine's Day, we were in Firenze, Florence, enjoying, you know, a a nice time. And it's amazing how much our life has changed since then. So we went from pretty much the way it is right now in the United States, uh, an awareness of what's going on, to right now not being allowed out unless it's uh, for medical reasons. In other words, you're making a trip to a medical facility, um, 
making a trip to the grocery store and you have to have uh, documents on you that basically say, you know, who you are, where you reside, which tells the authorities how far away from your house you are. And if you don't have a good reason for being out, or if you're grocery shopping with more than one person, there's chances are the chances are you're going to get a fine because they deem it to be unnecessary for. Oh, oh, there he is. Mark, you still there? Oh man, that was awesome. Oh man, that's man. crazy. Uh, that's. To, I to mean, have you have gone, to have your papers on you. Yeah. They're asking for your papers. Hey, uh, the World Health Organization director just today said Europe has become the epicenter yes. of what's going it on. It moved from China to Europe. And we said it yesterday there was a team of nine scientists and doctors from China that landed in Italy with the medical know-how of what they've learned so far about this thing. I found a uh, a whole series of clinical trials on the government website, it's all, you know, basically asking people if they want to be involved in some of these clinical trials. A hundred of them around the world right now, the majority of them that I've seen have been in China. But in terms of testing different medicines against the repercussions of COVID-19, how it is they treat it, the different styles of uh, antivirals and everything. We have more than, uh, I think, four times the amount of literature on this thing than we did on SARS at this point, or after two years of SARS. And being shared faster than ever, perhaps. Uh, Let's see. Carmen is calling as well from West Covina. Hey, Carmen, what's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, I didn't have, you know, quite an exciting experience like the Italian resident there. But I went to Food for Less this morning, trying to get some diapers. Found the diapers, thought I could get some wipes because I was low. The entire wipe section is gone. There was just one box of some scented wipes that I'm not going to buy. I'm like, are these people substituting the tissue paper for wipes now? Which also can't (laughs) go down the toilet. And And you've got a baby that you need those wipes for, and now they're all sold out. You know, you can't really wipe, you know, excrement that's been smashed and, you know, manipulated with tissue paper as well as you can with a nice moist wipe. You know, that's an excellent point. I I forgot about it. It's been been a good 15 (laughs) years since I've had to do that. Thanks for that reminder, Carmen. That was an excellent word picture. Uh, Exactly. What you're missing out on, Shannon. I know, girl. (laughs) I know. How old's the baby? Uh, two and you know no interest in potty training, just flushing the toilet at the moment. So. Oh, that's fine. Anybody's that, poop, you that's know? a good start. If he, if he knows you're going in, he's got to flush it for you. Oh, that's a that's a good helper, <laughs> Carmen. Thank you and thanks for listening. Um, yeah, this is uh, it, it's a weird new normal. The the diaper thing is funny because my wife mentioned that same thing. She was at the store and she said all kinds of diapers. Yeah, but in response to Jane Wells' tweet yesterday. Where she said, well, at least they haven't told us we can't have sex yet. You're looking at uh, a whole string of COVID babies come January. Oh, yeah. That's when you need the diapers. That's uh, Speaking gonna... of Jane Wells, it was her 32nd anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. And so that's our flashback Friday year today, oh, 1988, because right. I wanted to have something nice. <laughs> uh, okay, well, we're back with Mark from Naples. Hey, Mark, uh, you, you were saying that you had to have papers to kind of prove where you were. And then if you were too far away from your home, what, what, what's the repercussion there? 
That's correct. So in um, the, the translation from the currency translation from euro to dollars would be about a $1,600 fine wow. if they could tell that you were not grocery shopping, not going out for medical reasons, but instead wanting to go to, let's say, Rome to the Sistine Chapel or something that if you were too far away, um, you were, you were going to get hit. And the other point I wanted to make is, and I think we got cut off before Laura and I had a chance to say this, uh, was we've been reaching out to friends uh, back in California and um, very other, various other states where we're from, our family's from, and just giving them just a, a really uh, a short list of things to do. Like, um, you know, just number one, don't underestimate this. Um, you know, practice good hygiene. Number two, it happens so quick, uh, so quickly. We were blindsided, completely got overrun. Uh, number three, just prepare for the worst. Stock up on some things. Just be smart. You don't have to go crazy with, um, you know, hoarding and everything. But And number four, just like you you were saying earlier, Gary, just get comfortable spending time together. You know, the, the media is not exaggerating the severity of this situation because, like I said, in the past two weeks, our lives have completely changed. And I, I, I can't get into how the operations in the military have changed, but suffice it to say, those have changed too. Every, this is impacting everything so systemically and so quickly I never in a million years would have thought that it would have gotten to this stage out here. Never. Um, what are you hearing or what are you noticing or getting about the healthcare system and, and the, the ICUs being just overrun and, and there not being enough beds? Great question. So um, in, in certain parts up further north from us, there are hallways that are being used because the rooms are filled to capacity. Um, also, people in, in the military, and, and I'm, not, I'm not speaking ill, they're, they're doing what they can, they're doing what they have to do, but if you aren't showing the symptoms, if, if you don't have that respiratory fatigue or respiratory pain when trying to, let's say, hold your breath for 10 seconds, or if you don't have a fever, if that forehead swab doesn't show any kind of temperature, they're going to tell you to just self-quarantine, stay home, um, if your department or your, your what they call your watch section can support you being off of the watch bill and away from work, then just stay home. If you are showing those symptoms, then obviously you get placed into another category. But the supplies are limited. The tests are uh, limited. And, of course, space is, is limited as well. Um, you mentioned getting prepared in terms of stuff. Was there a run on toilet paper in Italy as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and and it's funny because uh, my wife Laura mentioned. She said, "Yeah, uh, yeah. Make sure you tell them that one thing that we got to experience for the first time living in Europe was the bidet. Uh, full <laughs> disclosure: neither of us knew how to use one, but it sort of softened the blow in terms of um, you know running short on supplies. You have this to, to back you up, but um, but we did we did stock up. I mean, we had the commissaries on the military bases." that are um, pretty pretty much stocked. But even even with those, because we have to abide by Italian laws, even though we're on the military base, the social distancing is very, very strict. The way the lines, um, as you approach a cashier, the way the lines are structured, you are you are essentially, you know, maybe four to six feet away. So you're you're leaning forward to put your items uh, on on the belt to be scanned. And you're uh, if you're obviously if you're paying, you know, with cash, uh, they're always wearing gloves. We started wearing gloves. Um, it, it's, it's changed everything. And sometimes all you can do is just laugh about it because 
um, it, it, you seem, it seems a little bit uh, helpless at times. You know, this thing is going to run its course. We've had some people say, you know, who certainly know more about epidemiology than me, they'll say, you know, the most virulent strain of this is probably going to run its course. And unfortunately, you know, maybe it takes more victims. And then this might become something that we're going to have to contend with uh, season after season. We just don't know. Yeah, good advice there, Mark. And uh, the 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 stores still have things, right? It's not like they've run out completely. You've ha- you've been able to get what you need thus far. And how long have you been quarantined? Uh, great question. So, first question: Yes, we're able to get what we need to. But right now, on the weekends, on base, the weekends are reserved for essential items only. So, uh, toiletries, food. Uh, cleaning products, uh, you know, baby supplies, things like that. Um, during the week, it's, you know, a little bit more free-flowing if someone wants to, you know, purchase a TV or something like that, they can do that. Um, and then in terms of how long we've been quarantined, so my work life, my operational life changed about 72 hours ago. That's when uh, the command basically came down and said, hey, guys, um, we have to make some changes in terms of how many people are going to be in this specific facility. And this goes really for all facilities here uh, in the, the, the two main bases, which are support site in Naples and then uh, one in Capodichino. Um, so they, they started limiting the people to essential staff only based on specific, very specific schedules. So depending on what's going on, if you are not absolutely needed, um, then you are to self-quarantine and stay at home and maybe drink some wine. We, we certainly have a good supply of that, too, full disclosure. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Mark, keep in touch. Tell us how things are going. Uh, let us know in the future as well. We definitely will. Thank you, Darren Shannon. And, and Laura and I love listening to you guys uh, still out here, although the, the time difference sometimes makes it uh, a little bit difficult. But, um, yeah, thank you for what you guys are doing to put the word out there. Us. We're just, Thanks, Mark. We're just sitting here. You're the one who's defending everybody. What uh, what branch of the military? I'm in the Navy. Excellent. Thank you. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you for saying that. Appreciate your support. You bet. Mark, they're calling from uh, from Naples, originally from Brea. Uh, how is this affecting you? 800-520-1534, 800-520-1KFI. Erica DM'd us on Instagram, and she sent me a picture of the line outside of the Costco in Tustin just to get in. And again, it's raining. People are people are wrapped around the parking lot waiting to get in. She says, I sent my husband to get a bag of frozen chicken for dinner. He texted me this picture with the caption, F no. He's on his way back home. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'd rather pick up an AMPM hot dog than go through that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll come back and take more of your calls. Gary and Shannon will continue. <laughs> Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. If you missed that uh, that call from Mark, he and his wife Laura in Italy, we're going to replay that a little bit later in the show. Just a great uh, first-hand account of what it's like to be, I mean, we're not talking United States of America. Italy has, has imposed even more restrictions than anything we've seen so far here. Right. I mean, it is now the epicenter of this thing. Uh, also, we're hearing from people like Corinne as well, who is in Seattle, which is another hotbed of this thing. Hey, Corinne, what's going on? Hi, guys. Uh, just trying to, you know, survive up here. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. What's, what's it like? Is everything shut down or? 
No, it's really, it's a very strange dynamic, honestly, because we know, obviously, it's affecting a lot of people up here. It's had a great impact. But I'm a healthy 36-year-old woman who works remotely at home in general. So it's a strange thing that this is kind of the direction we're going. And my daughter's school just got shut down now for six weeks. It was supposed to be two. And then 24 hours later, we heard they're not going back till April 27th. So that has an entire impact in itself. Um, and in fact, just this morning, and this is the second time I've gone to Costco this week, and it's gotten worse and worse. Like you said, Shannon, lines around the parking lot to get in an hour before it's even open. And everyone just hauls butt to get to the very back of the paper products. It's insane. It's insane. They're having direct traffic. It is nuts. I don't even, um, well, I mean, if you have plans for your daughter, what do you do for six weeks? Well, so thankfully, I actually uh, moved back from Los Angeles to be near my family because they help with her being a single mom. So um, their daycare is staying open. uh, They're refusing to shut down until um, they're forced to. So they'll be open. And then my family, we're just going to all, it takes a village. Um, And so, and again, I work from home anyways. So I'm kind of blessed in that, with that one. Yeah, you're lucky. But other people, the other thing that it's one of those things where you actually have to take a step back because it forces you, we're being inconvenienced. I had to cancel a Disney cruise. We have other vacation plans. You know, that's a disappointment, but it's more concerning for those kids who are impacted by school closures that rely on the food there. Right. And that's been the biggest thing I've never even thought about that they're, and they're doing a great job. The school system's doing a job of making sure that they're going to continue to feed those children, but it really does humble you in the areas of, okay, this is annoying, and I hope everybody's okay, but really those people that are truly being impacted, not just by the virus. Yeah, we're having that, too. Thanks for the call, Corinne. Uh, LA Unified is going to have a bunch of centers open for low-income students to still be fed and and taken care of and things like that. Uh, Kimberly is calling from down in Costa Mesa. Hey, Kimberly, what's going on? Hi, guys. How are you? Great. So far. I'm a mile. I was a mile from the um, Fairview Development Center, so... I'm kind of glad we're we're not going to be taking them right away. Yeah. I am a delivery driver for a hospice pharmacy, and I was up in, in um, Victorville um, on Wednesday, and I was coming home, and I needed to get some stuff for dinner, so I went into our small Stater Brothers in Costa Mesa. Great. No problem. No fantastic. I have allergies. So you can imagine how much fun I'm having when I'm around a bunch of people and I either start coughing or sneezing. Oh, yeah, they hate you. I have, Oh, God, yeah. So I have this deep bronchitis cough that I get with my allergies, and I cleared out two aisles in Stater Brothers. No questions asked. <laughs> well, that's not – don't laugh. That's not funny. No, it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm no, glad it it's – I'm glad it's just allergies and you know exactly what it's what's causing it. But, uh, see, there it is. Thanks, Kimberly. Is, Kimberly. All right. We'll take more of your calls coming up. Also, I got a story on uh, Facebook about something that went down Uh-oh. in a uh, uh, market the other day. It's All right. Comical. Gary and Shannon will continue. 800-520-1534. Taking your stories about how this has been uh, how this has been treating you over the last couple of days. And we're looking forward to an interesting weekend. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, don't say uh-oh. Well, uh, okay. Danny, Danny's calling from uh, Venice Beach. What's going on, Danny? 
All right. Well, Danny, are you there? Just... Hey. hey. I'm Danny, but I'm in the sea. Okay. What's going on? My family in Arizona, and they're calling, complaining to me, telling me because they're out of napkins, too, so they're using coffee filters. I can see that. This is not new. They've been doing this for the past 20 years. Oh, well, in that case, that, <laughs> that's a it's little strange. <laughs> uh, they're, they're inviting me to come join the party, and I'm not going to. Oh, Not well. if they're wiping with coffee filters. Yeah, I was going to say, that doesn't seem like fun. And then what do you do? You can't, your coffee tastes funny after that, doesn't it? They have a family about literally 18 to 20 people, and they live in one place. Wow. So they never had an option of having toilet paper all the time. So they've been using coffee filters, and I know this my whole life. Well, Danny, thank you. I know that there's a lot of people who are already prepared for this simply because they live life sort of off the grid anyway. Yeah. So they're not surprised and they're not scared by any of Let this. Let me read you a message from Joe at Gary and Shannon on Facebook. He says, Monday night I went to our local Northgate Mexican market to pick up a few things. They have a large serve-yourself salsa bar where I noticed a man walking back and forth in front of the bar. I took a few steps back and looked to see what he was doing. Then I noticed he was using the spoon to pour salsa into the palm of his hand and then licked it to see how hot it was. Then placed the spoon in his hand while he was debating on his choosing. Then placed the spoon back into the salsa and moved to the next. He says, I blew a fuse. I said, what the F are you doing? And he got mad at him. And he said, why are you doing this in front of your son? And Joe said, my son will F you up over what you're doing. It was a whole to do. <laughs> Great. Uh, Terry is calling. Hey, Terry, how's this uh, this whole thing treating you? Well... I'm an older guy uh, with diabetes, and uh, so I am more prone to be getting uh, anything connected with the virus. So how are you? How so, are you keeping yourself safe? Well, I try to stay out of and uh, anything that has a lot of people. Well, grocery stores have a lot of people, so. I took up about three three weeks to maybe a month ago of ordering uh, groceries be delivered. So in that delivery was supposed to be bottled water because my doctor's trying to get me away from drinking diet soda and, you know, anything that's carbonated. So that's fine. So my cases are starting to go away. So I decided to include that in that order. Well, in the last three or four attempts, you can't buy bottled water. Well, I got to just tell you that I think we're going to be okay with the tap water. Uh, I think the tap water is going to be just fine. I think it was the mayor that said yesterday that the tap water is better than uh, a lot of bottled water in L.A. County. Let me let me kill two birds with one stone here as well. If for some reason you are a are able to get bottled water, but you're not able to get the toilet paper, go into the garage, grab, I don't know, eight penny nail, tap a hole in the very top of that water bottle, and it's a hand-operated bidet. Look at you, Dean Sharp. Just saying. MacGyver. Just saying. Daniel is calling from Oxnard. You're on with Gary and Shannon. What's up? Hi, guys. Um, great show. Um, 
I'm actually calling because I actually work for LA Metro, and I just want to uh, share my experience as an operator dealing with the public during this time. And um, it, it, it's very interesting how people are reacting to it. Um, they're not sitting next to each other. Um, when they hear someone cough or sneeze, they automatically get up and move to the back of the bus or move to the front of the bus. Um, but you still have those few people that come to the fare box. And as I'm sitting there, because the fare box is right next to us, that just start coughing or they'll sneeze right there, not covering their mouths. And then the people behind them kind of step off the bus and wait until <laughs> that person until it dissipates. away. Yeah. I so bet. It, it's very interesting, but, you know, it is what it is. Are there a lot of people wearing masks? We do actually have quite a few people that are putting the mask on. Um, Metro is actually encouraging operators and employees to do that, um, wear masks or um, rubber gloves or any of our other protective personal equipment. Um, so it's uh, a lot of masks going on, but these are masks that – I don't really believe are even going to do any good. How do you um, feel you going? To, are... How do you feel going to work uh, and having to work with a bunch of strangers in close proximity to you? Another one of the people that's kind of like on the front lines of this thing. You know what? Um, I I'm a young father. I'm only thirty. I have a two year old and a four year old, um, and it it terrifies me. My wife's always telling me. You, you you gotta find another job. This is an insane, and especially this is even more that she's like, you gotta get something else. Um, but driving buses is exciting to me. To be able to drive a sixty or even a sixty-five foot bus is exciting. But um, this is a little bit of a challenge. Um, in the beginning, I wasn't wearing the mask. Now I'm wearing the mask. I always wear gloves. Um, I don't sit where the passengers sit at. Um, I'll stand the whole entire time or I'll walk around, um, but I avoid sitting or even pretty much going into the area where passengers are normally at um, when it's our break time, just because I don't know who has come on the bus, who sat where, and because we transport so many homeless people, I don't know what they're carrying with them. So it's a little nerve wracking. and I wish the company understood that a little bit more. As you said, we are on the front line. We are dealing with this regularly um, and even more some now. Daniel, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-520-1534, 800-520-1KFI. Uh, Thomas calling from Temecula. Hey, Thomas, what's going on? Hey, Garen Shannon, how's it going? Super, so far. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Well, besides the uh, runs on toilet paper, that kind of thing, I got to see it firsthand uh, last night. More sadly for me, as I started a new job and it's Boston-based, they uh, let me know this morning that I won't be coming out for training for two weeks. So I'm a little irritated and sad about it because I wanted to check out the great town of Boston, you know, get away from the girlfriend and the kids for a little bit, <laughs> go, check out Fenway, go check out Fenway Park, all that kind of stuff, you know. Empty Fenway Park now, of course. <laughs> Exactly. I love the honesty, Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, this has been, we've said this before, it's uh, odd, it's weird. Uh, we have a local update. The Santa Clarita Valley has its first uh, confirmed case of COVID-19 Aww. at uh, Henry Mayo Welcome Newhall Hospital. Welcome to the Hospital. party. It's been a while. You know, we were waiting for that. We knew it was going to happen. Um, but uh, that could potentially change the way 
business is done up there. Um, just a, a couple of things in terms of what the rest of the show is going to look like. We have the president expected to start a news conference right about 12 o'clock today. And whenever that starts, we're going to jump right in. It's a press briefing is the way that they've labeled it. The understanding is that he's going to make a statement. And then, of course, um, we'll hear not just from the president. We expect to hear from uh, medical uh, officials in terms of handling of this crisis and also what it is that what we're uh, what we're going to see in terms of the next couple of days going forward. Uh, Fox is reporting that the National Guard is going to be deploying about a thousand troops across six states by the end of the day today. Florida, Iowa, Louisiana, New York, Rhode Island, and Washington. Um, at 12.30 is the current scheduling for the L.A. County Department of Public Health press briefing that we are expecting. And then we are still expecting Dr. Barbara Ferrer once again in the 1 o'clock hour today to try to get an update uh, straight from her about what's going on. Now, just a note, we were trying to make sure that we could schedule those updates with Dr. Ferrer at the same time every day, but because she's... Um, What's the word? Busy. Yeah, she's busy. Uh, we're kind of at her mercy. So we're, we're trying to bring those updates. We will have her on every day. We're trying to do it in the one o'clock hour. It may be pushed to John and Ken like it was yesterday. All right. We will take more of your calls coming back. What you're going through with this coronavirus, what you've been able to observe, how it's affected your life. Let us know at Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. I have good news. KFI AM six forty live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Well, that, that's the first time we've heard that all day. Mo has found some good news. Uh, is it about cricket? It's about the UFC. Oh, Dana White says they will push on with the upcoming events. He said, "I talked to the president and the vice president. They said, be careful, be cautious, but live your life and stop panicking." He uh, says, uh, "Instead of panicking, we're working with the health officials in the government." So the next up. Fight is UFC Fight Night 170 in Brasilia. There you go. <laughs> so they're going to... Well, There's know. a fight in London on the 21st. <sighs> Jeez. I don't... What, what could go wrong? I mean, right? Well, the... Uh, the box. They fill an arena yeah. with 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see how that, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Sean is calling from uh, Laguna Niguel. Hey, Sean, what's going on? Hey, Gary and Shannon, love the show. Thanks, man. What? Uh, how's this treating you? Um, I'm, you know, I was just telling your screener, I, I'm in the pool business, so I kind of, you know, lick a chlorine job once in a while. Just kidding. Hey, um, there's nothing you know, I, 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 That I, works. Like as normally as I possibly can. I mean, I'm around chlorine, and that, that's probably, you know, that's pretty cleansing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if it's but, um, uh, if it lasts. I don't know if the concentration that you're going to get from pool water is enough to kill the virus. But if you just took it, you just took a chlorine bath in it every once in a while. I'm sure that's probably fine. Well, the straight hard, like you know, the the, the dichlor and the, the chemicals that I use to actually treat uh, pools is what I'm speaking of. But I just I heard you speak of the uh, the NASCAR schedule earlier, and I follow the sport pretty closely. And they originally said that. They were going to allow the races for the next two races at Atlanta and Homestead, Miami, but now not allow spectators. But now they're actually canceling those races. So I thought I'd just throw that in there and update you on that. Yeah, but, uh, we, I saw that as well. I and that it's 
it's frustrating, but it's one of those things that it's going to be necessary. I mean, this is a uh, this is a strange new situation that we find yeah. ourselves in. So, Sean, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. How about Nadine? Nadine is calling from. Uh, is it true you're up in Wildemar? What's going on? I'm up in Wildemar. Yes. So I take care of my elderly mother who lives in Murrieta. And uh, she's got dementia and other ailments. I'm always concerned about, you know, keeping her safe uh, and making sure she stays healthy. I do have help with some caregivers. Um, So we go through a lot of paper goods um, because we don't use any towels. You know, we're always using paper towels. And my mom loves blowing her nose on toilet paper. So there's instead of Kleenex boxes, there are toilet paper rolls all over the house. So. Needless to say, I'm always buying cases. Every two weeks, I go and I buy cases of toilet paper and cases of paper towels, and I buy cases of water so we can monitor the water that she drinks. And so yesterday was my shopping day. Um, I go to Ralph to do my shopping. So I had the stigma of like, okay, gosh, I don't want to be thought of as one of those hoarders that I'm buying cases of this stuff because I always have been doing that. So I was a little concerned with that, and I know my friends have said to me, don't go to Costco and don't go to Sam's Club because they have absolutely no paper goods. So they will all just get it at Ralph. But as Shannon said previously, the only paper goods that were on the shelf were a few small, like the four rolls of the uh, environmentally safe, um, you know, toilet paper and paper towels, just a couple. And... So I got concerned, and then I went because I needed to get her eggs. There were no eggs. So what's up with the eggs? I don't know. I mean, I know where they come from. I don't know where they went. No fresh eggs whatsoever. So I don't understand that. There were a few um, already hard-boiled eggs. I don't want that. And then there was maybe two of the larger cartons that, that contained about two dozen eggs. Um, so I don't understand. I, I, it was just amazing to me that there were no eggs. So either I, you can't uh, freeze eggs. I was, uh, thanks uh, for calling, Nadine. I was at the market yesterday and I thought, oh, I got to stock up on eggs. That's what you thought? Yeah. Why was that? Listen, so- we're all irrational people. I love eggs. And I felt like that might be an item that was going to go away. Stop touching yourself. I scratched my nose with the, my sleeve just like you did earlier four times. Scoreboard. You sneezed. Twice today. Uh, one time. One time I sneezed. I, di- I didn't sneeze the second time. See, this is how it begins. You start the conflating hysteria. how many times we <laughs> sneeze, and then all of a sudden I've got it. <laughs> and I've got syphilis or something. I don't you know. do? No, no, I don't. I'm saying that, that was an example. See, this is, again, how it starts. You, you're not listening. He's my hero. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, here's uh, here's the schedule. We are uh, – wait. Charles Barkley has been tested. Yes, he tests. He he uh, is in quarantine, waiting the uh, waiting the results. We have been telling you all morning that the president is expected to hold a news conference at uh, noon today, our time. So in just a few minutes, we're going to go to the White House and get an update from the president on what's happening. The uh, we the most likely thing is that the president is going to declare a national emergency. Because of our response to COVID-19, coronavirus, and what's been going on as a, uh, in terms of the healthcare response to all of this. At 1230, we're expecting our L.A. County presser from L.A. County Public Health. And then with Dr. Ferrer, our conversation with Dr. Fer- uh, Ferrer sometime during the 1 o'clock hour. So stick around. It's going to be a... 
Huge show. Huge show. Still two hours left. All right. On Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. Big news coming out of the White House this afternoon as we stand by and wait for the president, who is due at the podium any moment now. The president expected to declare a national emergency over this coronavirus. Also, L.A. Unified has come out and said that classes will be closed starting on Monday. They are going to have centers open for low-income kids who do rely on the school district for for meals. Uh, Some parents rely on the school district, of course, for child care, and there will be no other options. So there have been some centers that will open in that event. Louisiana's governor is planned to postpone the state's primary Due to the coronavirus, basically everything's shutting down. Uh, you know, I keep getting an alert every so often across the Associated Press wire of uh, the Nixon Library is shut down. Uh, Six Flags is shut down. The the uh, military uh, vessel in San Pedro is shut down. Uh, uh, Iowa, US Iowa, Iowa, yeah. Um, there's a, I, we're not going to have a lot of time for it today. We're waiting by the way, for the white house uh, and the president to speak out in the Rose garden. It looks like, um, there's an article from the Seattle times today about how Seattle itself, Western Washington, Seattle area, Metro area has been one of the flashpoints, one of the epicenters here in the United States. And it was an article about how it is they handled the Spanish flu a hundred years ago in terms of. Churches closed, schools closed, shows that were closed, the, a ban on all public assemblies. It's been a hundred years since we've seen an event like this in the United States and in the world, but I mean in the United States specifically. And to that end, you know, my daughter found out this morning that she's out of school as of when school ends today. She's out until after spring break. So that's basically three weeks of spring break. And even then, we're not quite sure what happens after that. Everybody's sort of in that position of we don't know how long this is going to be this this weird place that we're in are you going to give her a, cur- a curriculum so that she doesn't spend all that time with her boyfriend and give her like I, a nine to five list of different subjects see. to uh brush up on maybe some assignments maybe find some so the announcement that i got the text from from the district was all schools will be closed monday through the end of spring break more information coming via email so I don't know if that means that they're going to go they're going to do online instruction in that time or if we're just going to wait until the end of spring break to make a decision like that. So I don't know. I was joking that uh, I think this weekend I should get a master's degree. Yeah. Uh, Mo explained that we're going to have that sometimes they make you space it out a little bit. But if I found a program that was like I do it at my own pace and at the end of it, I, I have a master's degree. That'd be great. This is an opportunity for us. You know, we don't we're in the rarefied air of not worrying about our jobs. I know that this place will be here Monday. I mean, it may have been deep cleaned between now and then to some degree, but I know that we're going to be here on Monday. Uh, and I know that other people aren't necessarily in that same position. So uh, I'm not making light of it at all. You can get a master's degree from Purdue. Online. 
Yeah, but can I do it by Monday? You know what? Maybe I'll do criminal justice. That sounds like fun. That would be a blast. It really would. Uh, let's see here. Um, the uh, There's been a story that's been floating around internationally regarding the president of Brazil. Earlier this week, we found out that the president of Brazil's press person tested positive for coronavirus and that the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, was with President Trump at Mar-a-Lago recently. And the question of whether or not there was enough contact there for President Trump to have been exposed to coronavirus and whether or not he should be tested. There has been some speculation that that's what the president's going to talk about here at the White House. I don't think that's going to be it. Uh, We've already said I I don't think even if he was positive that we would know anytime soon. The the greater expectation or the more likely uh, scenario today from the White House is that he would declare the national emergency because of how we've been dealing with coronavirus or because how how we need to deal with coronavirus. We also, a little bit later in the show, will replay for you a phone call we got from Mark. He and his wife, Laura, uh, Mark's in the Navy. They are in Italy. They're in Naples, Italy. And he said life over the course of two weeks has changed dramatically there in terms of when you're allowed out of your place, where you can go, what you can do, and how it is you can you have to uh, prove your business, basically. Hollywood has also been touched as well. Hollywood on Friday has continued to stop the shoots of most films and TV series to help control the spread of the virus. Uh, For Disney, that also includes The Last Duel with Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Ben Affleck. Marvel's got a couple uh, movies, Home Alone remake. Walt Disney says it's shutting down many of its live action productions, including The Little Mermaid. Well, luckily for us, we have someone here who does a bang-up job when it comes to singing Disney songs. So I think what you should do is fill that hole. I think you should bridge that gap between people, myself included, who love to hear Disney tunes, and uh, and the fact that they're all shut down right now. I think that you can provide a service for all of us with some Disney numbers. Well... I will do whatever I need to to get us through this dark time. For the betterment of humanity. I if love you want to call it that, that is one way <laughs> that is one way to do it. No um, pressure. Hey, I wanted to read something for you as well. Again, we're waiting for uh for the for the president to speak from the White House. Uh he's expected to declare the national emergency over the coronavirus. But there was a uh a friend from Carlsbad who said that this appeared on their next door app. Oh, boy. Written by a a Costco employee. And this I thought was pretty good because from the from the position of the people who are overworked, I mean, outside of healthcare workers, we're we all know they're doing the Lord's work right now. Uh, But retail people are going through some crazy, crazy things as well. Uh, I work for Costco. We've had an exhausting week. Here's some things you should know and pass along to others. No, we can't tell you when the next delivery is. We don't know. And if we did know and told you, the stuff would probably be sold out before you got there. No, we can't save, insert missing item here, for you or give you a pallet for next Tuesday. We are cash and carry. No, we don't carry hand sanitizer. Never did. Did you know that? No. No, we don't er open early for executive members. Business delivery does, but they don't have any of the items you need. 
Yes, it's crazy. Thank the media for whipping everyone up into an unnecessary frenzy. Thanks to some of you members who get that. Yes, there is a line. And if you want water, get in it. Yes, there is a limit. No, you can't exceed it. Yes, I did just have to act like a preschool teacher and tell grown adults not to run and stay in their lines. Yes, I am a font of retail information when it relates to Costco, but no, I do not know what they are doing at any other store, nor do I care. I would greatly appreciate if you do if you would not be rude to our incredibly hardworking employees. The situation was not created by them, is not their fault. We are all doing our best to handle the day and help you with any purchase that you make. Just stop. So. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here uh, a little early and see if we can catch the president when he arrives at the podium there at the White House. He is due to call for a state of emergency nationwide. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. It's really going to be a special time with the family, reconnect with the kids. Pennsylvania. We do, we do have a lot of card games. We have a friend, uh, a friend whose family loves games. I mean, l- loves board games. Yeah. So I thought, you know, it'd be fun if we run out of things this weekend, like on Sunday night or something like that. We do a game exchange where they leave a stack of games out on their porch, and then we come by and drop ours off, and then pick theirs. Got to sanitize those. Oh, trust me, trust me. Because we really sanitize that Jenga at next I'm, wedding. <laughs> <laughs> leaving that thing out in the uh well hold on a second when would symptoms start showing up if you got it at nick's wedding that's a good question for the doctor um i don't think she knows nick no when do symptoms start showing oh. up after you come in contact with it okay that's a good point um so I, I was referring to this article we're standing by waiting by the way for a couple of things we're waiting for the president's Press conference from the White House. It's expected to start any minute. It was expected about 20 minutes ago. And uh, we should get some updates on what's going on nationally in terms of the response healthcare wise and uh, maybe some information about what the next couple of days will look like under an emergency declaration uh, from a national emergency declaration. But I was referring to this article about uh, from the Seattle Times about how it is that Seattle handled the Spanish flu back in 1918 that at the time killed 1,500 people. Um, Spanish flu is one of those that's been referenced a lot in terms of a comparison to what's going on today because of the widespread infections that we saw. Now, 100 years ago, we clearly did not have the medical technology that we do today. We didn't have the knowledge to pass on information between hospitals and researchers and epidemiologists. But we also didn't have the amount of international travel 100 years ago that we do today. So there are some things that are very similar and things that aren't. 101 years ago, in the fall of 1918, right towards the end of World War One, is when we saw the Spanish flu. About um, 675,000 people in the United States died from the Spanish flu, according to the Census Bureau. Uh, Worldwide, that was somewhere between 21, I've seen as high as 100 million, but most numbers are between 40 and 50 million died because of the Spanish flu. And because of the war, they're saying, uh, World War I, which had just ended previously, the epidemic in so many countries provided inaccurate numbers because they were dealing with other things at the time. 
and COVID-19 happens to be the fourth epidemic that we've been dealing with in the 21st century. So epidemics are not new. The fact that this is a pandemic is really the first time in many, many years. But you had SARS in 2003, H1N1 in 2009, Ebola in 2014. A Dr. Howard Markle, director of the Center for the History of Medicine, says history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure moves around in circles. There was a um, a story from October 5th, 1918, in the Seattle Daily Times, as it was called at the time, that the mayor of Seattle, Ole Hansen, back in the old days when you could have a name like Ole, made a stunning announcement. He ordered every place of indoor public assemblage in Seattle, schools, theaters, motion picture houses, churches, and dance halls closed by noon that day. The only public gatherings permitted would be those in open air. Side note, the president's news conference is outside today. Yes. And I'm assuming that that's similar to this, what they're talking about. Well, it's interesting how they dealt with it, different cities with the Spanish flu, because in Philadelphia, it was a different story. In Philadelphia, they ignored the warnings of the flu among the soldiers who were preparing for World War One, and they had a, a parade to kind of support the war effort in Philadelphia, and it drew 200,000 people. And you know what parades mean? It means you're crammed in with 200,000 of your closest friends. Three days later, every bed in Philadelphia's 31 hospitals was filled with sick and dying patients. By the end of the week, more than 4,500 were dead in that outbreak. 4,500 dead by the end of the week. Now, they closed down the city after that, but obviously it was too late. And it played out differently in places like Seattle and in St. Louis. Within two days of detecting its first cases, the city closed schools, playgrounds, libraries, courtrooms, churches, and this all this social distancing they found works they mitigated the spread of that coronavirus and the flu related deaths in st louis were less than half of those in philadelphia just because of the different respo- uh, response right away yeah i i you know in terms of watching that type of thing happen the, that's the discussion that we're having it seems i don't know why courtrooms haven't been shut down yet you know i, I that's got to be the next to go yeah. at, at least, if nothing else the galleries Right. I mean, you don't you're not going to want a bunch of random people in different courtrooms listening to different things, but also the the jury selection. If you're in a jury room, you get called to jury duty. You're among 500 of your closest friends. Uh, and Robin I, was there at the beginning of the week. Yeah. So there were a thousand people in there. That old mayor of Seattle, Ole Hansen, uh, a theater manager, fought back against his plan to shut down movie theaters. And he said there's very little danger of the flu spreading to the audience. So the mayor says, well, some will kick. I imagine he had an old timey voice because he was a mayor in 1918. And he said, some will kick, but we'd rather had listen to a live kicker than to bury him. When pastors complained about closing the churches, the mayor said to them, religion, which won't keep for two weeks, is not worth having. It's an old-timey mayor sound. Yeah, it's that transatlantic uh, accent. <laughs> um, they talk about also the, uh, a department store, Frederick and Nelson. Do you remember the old Frederick and Nelson in Seattle? No. I remember the stories of it. I mean, clearly I wasn't alive. I'm not from alive. the old times. I know. You don't remember the old Frederick and Nelson store? <laughs> um, it ran an ad for Victrolas. That's an old record player. Okay. Well, a record player is an old CD player. Okay. 
a CD player is like Spotify or the iHeartRadio app, but you could only listen. Anyway, you've lived a lot of life. <laughs> Victrola on October 18th. This is just a few days, uh, less than two weeks after the mayor of Seattle had banned public gatherings. They were advertising Victrolas. The theaters are closed, but Victor Talent brings the world's greatest musical, uh, sorry, musical entertainers to you right in your home. Um, they also took drastic actions. Later that month, this is October of 1918 in response to the Spanish flu, Seattle raised the fine for spitting on the sidewalk from $2 to $5. Oh, things, things have changed around here, huh? Now you can poop in the streets. Now you can. You can do whatever you want in those streets with your outputs. The Times reported that 31 men on October 24th, again, this is this is a couple of weeks after the mayor said we got to lock this city down because of the Spanish flu. 31 men in downtown Seattle had been arrested for expectoration nuisance. There was also a $5 fine if you didn't wear a mask while you were riding a streetcar. That's about an $80 fine today is what they're saying. Well, we talked to uh, Mark in Naples, Italy, and he said they were fining people $1,600, the equivalent in euros, Um, for not having their papers on them. There's one thing that I saw or that I thought of that we haven't talked much about, and it's space. I mean, you referenced it there in terms of Philadelphia running out of hospital space in the Spanish flu, during the Spanish flu. And we've talked before about these mitigation factors, reducing the number of contacts between people by canceling a lot of big events, keeping kids out of school, that sort of thing. One of the issues that I thought of was if we did need space, physical space to put people, it's not the the best in terms of medical sanit, uh, sa- sanitation, but there's a lot of big box, empty stores in malls, in mm-hmm. now, again, it's not greatest in terms of keeping it apart from public, but there's t- Toys R Us buildings oh, around yeah. the country I'm just that are of empty. Two massive ones: a Toys R Us and where, near where I live, and there's a Walgreens that was just abandoned. It's for lease. Yeah, uh, and again, I know. Stop! Don't email me and tell me that's not a safe place to put people. But I'm talking about emergency measures in the event that something is something horrible breaks down, and we need to put people places. All right. We will take a break for news. Still awaiting this press conference from the White House. We'll take you there live when it begins. Jordan, appreciate everybody being here. Today, I'd like to provide an update to the American people on several decisive new actions we're taking in our very vigilant effort to combat and ultimately defeat the coronavirus. We've been working very hard on this. We've made tremendous progress. Uh, when you compare what we've done to other areas of the world, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. A lot of that had to do with the early uh, designation and the closing of the borders. And as you know, uh, Europe was just designated as the hotspot right now, and uh, we closed that border a while ago. So that was lucky or through talent or through luck. Call it whatever you want. But through a very collective action uh, and shared sacrifice, national determination, we will overcome uh, the threat of the virus. I also announced Wednesday night, following the advice of our medical professionals, who are doing a tremendous job, and we appreciate it very much, that we're suspending the 
entry of foreign nationals who have been to Europe in the last 14 days from entering the United States. Citizens, permanent residents, and our families, any of the families uh, returning from Europe will be subject to extra screening as well as self-isolation for a period of 14 days. As the World Health Organization confirmed today, uh, many of the things that what we said were 100 percent correct, including our designation before them of Europe, like our earlier very aggressive actions with China, this measure will save countless lives. Uh, I appreciate a number of the folks behind me, a lot, number of the people behind me said that uh, that saved a lot of lives, that early designation. But it is only the beginning of what we're really doing, and now we're in a different phase. We had some very old and obsolete rules that we had to live with. It worked under certain circumstances, but not under mass circumstances. They were there for a long time. They were in place for a long time, and we're breaking them down now. And they're very usable for certain instances, but not for this. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. The action I am taking will open up access to up to $50 billion of very importantly, very important and a large amount of money for states and territories and localities in our shared fight against this disease. In furtherance of the order, I'm urging every state to set up emergency operation centers effective immediately. You're going to be hearing from some of the uh, largest companies and greatest retailers and uh, medical companies in the world. They're standing right behind me and inside of me. I'm also asking every hospital in this country to activate its emergency preparedness plan so that they can meet the needs of Americans everywhere. The hospitals are very engaged. Uh, New York and various other places are also very engaged. I just spoke with Governor Cuomo. We had a very good conversation. And we're working very strongly with uh, many states, including New York. The emergency orders I'm issuing today will also confer broad new authority to the Secretary of Health and Human Services. The Secretary of HHS will be able to immediately waive provisions of applicable laws and regulations to give doctors, hospital, all hospitals, and healthcare providers maximum flexibility to respond to the virus and care for patients. This includes the following critical authorities. The ability to waive laws to enable telehealth, a fairly new uh, and uh, incredible thing that's happened in the, in the not-so-distant uh, uh, past. I tell you, what they've done with telehealth is incredible. It gives uh, remote doctors visits and hospital check-ins the power to waive certain federal license re requirements so that doctors from other states can provide services in states with the greatest need. Number two, the ability to waive requirements that critical access hospitals limit the number of beds to 25 and the length of stay to 96 hours. 
the ability to waive the requirements of a three-day hospital stay prior to admission to a nursing home, big thing. The authority to waive the rules to hinder hospitals' ability to bring additional physicians on board or obtain needed office space. They can do as they want. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. The authority to waive rules that severely restrict where hospitals can care for patients within the hospital itself, ensuring that the emergency capacity can be quickly established. We'll remove or eliminate every obstacle necessary to deliver our people the care that they need and that they're entitled to. No resource will be spared, nothing whatsoever. Ten days ago, I brought together the CEOs of commercial labs at the White House and directed them to immediately begin working on a solution to dramatically increase the availability of tests. Other countries have called us and worked with us, and they're doing similar things or will be doing similar things. As a result of that action today, we're announcing a new partnership with private sector to vastly increase and accelerate our capacity to test for the coronavirus. We want to make sure that those who need a test can get a test very safely, quickly, and conveniently. But we don't want people to take a test if, if we feel that they shouldn't be doing it. And we don't want everyone running out and taking only if you have certain symptoms. Using federal emergency authorities, the FDA approved a new test for the virus. We did this within hours after receiving the application from Roche a process that would normally take weeks. We therefore expect up to a half a million additional tests will be available uh, early next week. We'll be announcing locations probably on Sunday night. I want to thank Roche, great company, for their incredible work. I'd also like to thank Thermo Fisher. The FDA's goal is to hopefully authorize the air application within 24 hours. It'll go very quickly. It's going very quickly, which will bring additionally 1.4 million tests on board next week, and 5 million within a month. I doubt we'll need anywhere near that. At the same time, we've been in discussions with pharmacies and retailers to make drive-through tests available in the critical locations identified by public health professionals. The goal is for individuals to be able to drive up and be swabbed without having to leave your car. I want to thank Google. Google is helping to develop a website. It's going to be very quickly done, unlike websites of the past, to determine whether a test is warranted and to facilitate testing at a nearby convenient location. We have many, many locations behind us, by the way. We cover the, this country in large parts of the world, by the way. We're not going to be talking about the world right now, but we cover very, very uh, strongly our country, uh, stores in virtually every location. Google has uh, 1,700 engineers working on this right now. They've made tremendous progress. Our overriding goal is to stop the spread of the virus and to help all Americans who have been impacted by this. Again, we don't want everybody taking this test. It's totally unnecessary. Uh, and this will pass. Uh, this will pass through and uh, we're going to be uh, even stronger for it. We've learned a lot. A uh, tremendous amount has been 
Uh, Lord, I want to thank uh, Deborah Burks, and I want to ask her maybe to come up and say a few words as to what's happening. Dr. Burks is a uh, highly respected person I've gotten to know very well over the last six days. And uh, what we've done is rebuilt something that was very old, very old-fashioned, somewhat obsolete, certainly obsolete when it comes to the kind of numbers that we're talking about. Uh, Dr. Burks, please. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with all of you. Um, I think you know at the beginning of this epidemic, HHS through CDC proactively developed an assay built on the existing flu surveillance system. That surveillance system was then converted to diagnostic system. But last Tuesday, seeing the spread of the virus around the globe, the President realized that our current approach to testing was inadequate to meet the needs of the American public. He asked for an entire overhaul of the testing approach. He immediately called the private sector laboratories to the White House, as noted, and charged them with developing a high-throughput quality platform that can meet the needs of the American public. We are grateful to LabCorp and Quest for taking up the charge immediately after the meeting and within 72 hours bringing additional testing access, particularly to the outbreak areas of Washington State and California and now across the country. We are also very grateful to the universities and large hospital systems that took up the charge to develop their own quality tests made available by new FDA guidance. This has resulted in expanded testing across New York, California, Washington, Colorado, and you see sometimes those drive-through options that have been made available through these high-throughput options. Following the meeting last week, major commercial laboratory equipment and diagnostic companies took immediate action to adopt and develop new testing systems. Last night, the initial company, Roche, received SDA, FDA approval, moving from request to development to approval in record time. This innovative approach centered fully on unleashing the power of the private sector, focusing on providing convenient testing to hundreds of thousands of Americans within short turnaround times. In less than two weeks together, we have developed a solution that we believe will meet the future needs, testing needs of Americans. I understand how difficult this has been. I was part of the HIV AIDS response in the 80s. We knew from, from first finding cases in 1981, it took us to almost 1985 to have a test. It took us another 11 years to have effective therapy. It is because of the lessons learned from that that we were able to mobilize and bring those individuals that were key to the HIV response to this response. I understand that a lot of this behind-the-scenes action over the last couple of weeks was invisible to the press and the American people. But this intense effort has not only resulted in innovative solutions, but an automated, high-throughput system bringing the availability of these quality coronaviral testing to the American people at unprecedented speed. Finally, I want you to know in South Korea, they did have a large number of tests available over the last several weeks. Their positivity rate is between 3 and 4 percent. With LabCorp and Quest expanded testing, their positivity rate is between 1 and 2 percent. So we want to also announce this new approach to testing, which will start in the screening website up here, facilitated by Google, 
where clients and patients and people of interest can go, fill out a screening questionnaire, move down for symptoms or risk factors, yes. They would move down this and be told where the drive-through options would be for them to receive this test. The labs will then move to the high-throughput automated machines to be able to provide results in 24 to 36 hours. That is the intent of this approach. We have seen it work just in our own United States, and we want to bring this across the continent. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to maybe have Tony, do you want to come up? You've become a, uh, a, I think everybody out here knows you pretty well, but Tony has been doing a tremendous job working long, long hours, and you've seen a lot happen, but this has been, uh, it's been a great experience, and working with you has been terrific. Tony, please. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, this is an example of another example of what I've been referring to uh, in my discussions with many of you in the audience as a proactive, leaning forward, aggressive, trying to stay ahead of the curve. And what you're seeing now with this order is that we're going to be able to remove the constraints so that people at the state, the local level, the individual physician, all the way up through the federal government will have as many constraints as possible removed for them to do everything they possibly can so that we can uh, implement the things that we've been talking about, the containment, the mitigation, so that, as I've said many times, that curve that I refer to that goes up, we don't want to have that curve. We want to suppress it down to that small mound. And I think what we've done today is something that is going to be a very important element in having us be successful in doing that. We still have a long way to go. There will be many more cases, but we'll take care of that. And ultimately, as the president said, this will end. But what's going on here today is going to help it to end sooner than it would have. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tony. If I could, uh, some of these folks we know, they're celebrities in their own right. They're the biggest business people, the greatest retailers anywhere in the world, and one of them is Doug McMillan from Walmart. And I'd like to have Doug, if you would, say a few words. We're listening to a White House press conference, the latest on the uh, coronavirus. The president did declare a national emergency, and now he's uh, left the podium for a uh, one of the members of the, Wal- of the Walton family, owners of Walmart. Portions of our parking lot available in select locations in the beginning and scaling over time as supply increases so that people can experience the drive-through experience that the president described. We'll stay involved and do everything we can from a supply chain point of view to be of assistance. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. I'll just stay right over here. And Richard, if you could come up, please. Richard, please. Walgreens, thank you. Yep. Thank you, Mr. President. And similar to, uh, to Doug and Walmart, we're uh, happy to stand in here and help in communities all across America, because a lot of times when we have natural disasters, uh, our stores are a beacon in the community, and this situation is no different. So we look forward to partnering with the CDC, the administration, HHS, and the task force, and specifically to uh, the vice presidents doing such a fantastic job. We're ready to engage and help. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you very much. Brian Cornell, Target. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, please. Well, Mr. President, thank you for inviting us here today, along with our colleagues from Walmart and Walgreens and our partners at CVS. Normally, you view us as competitors, but today we're focused on a common competitor, and that's defeating the spread of the coronavirus. 
and we look forward to working with the administration to do our fair share to alleviate this growing threat. So thank you for including us today. In the near term, we're all committed to making sure we're keeping our stores open to serve the American consumer who's rapidly stocking up on household essentials, key food and beverage items that they need during this time, making sure we run safe stores and create an environment that's safe for our team members, making sure that they feel supported during this very critical time. So thank you for including thank us. Thank you very much. Great job. Is Tom here? Tom Pollan? Tom Pollan, please. Thank you, Mr. President. As uh, CEO of Becton Dickinson, we're one of the leading uh, providers of medical devices as well as collection uh, products uh, for testing of coronavirus. Uh, we were ramping up our manufacturing capacity to ensure that the right collection devices and uh, testing equipment are ready to, uh, to address this issue. Thank you, Mr. Thank President. Thank you very much, Thank Tom. You. Great job you've done. Stephen Rakowski, Quest Diagnostics, please. Great job. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. President. So as, as mentioned, uh, we were called with the leadership of the Vice President uh, last week to come together as an industry, and we took uh, advantage of that opportunity to work with the FDA, to work with the Center for Disease Control, and we are up and running with tests in a number of our facilities. As the President mentioned, we now have capabilities from Roach Diagnostics that we will bring into our facilities this weekend. And uh, I know myself and us, my colleague at LabCorp, will be doing the same. So the capacity available to the American public to support this action with consumers will be considerably increased in the next few weeks. Thank you, Mr. Thank President. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks. And Matt Sauce, please, of Roche. Matt, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Mr. President. So from Roche, um, we want to thank the FDA for their rapid approval of our coronavirus test. Um, we really appreciate the partnership with the CDC and the FDA to get that to market as fast as possible because it's critical for us to make that available to help patients in need and working with laboratories to get it up and going in the near future, which will bring hundreds of thousands of tests available to patients in need in the United States. So thank you. And you can do it. You can do it. A great company. David Pierre of Signify. Signify Health, please. Thanks, David. Thank you, Mr. President. We are the largest house call uh, provider in the U.S., and we go to the homes of the most vulnerable elderly. And through our network and our logistics engine, we stand ready to help and provide our, our uh, clinicians to be where they're needed, whether they're in retail clinics or in the home. And we're here to assist. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we'll be changing a lot of the rules, regulations for future should this happen in the future, which we hope it never does, but it will, I guess, somewhere out there. Some bad ones over the years, and uh, I guess that'll continue to an extent. But we hope it never happens, but we're going to be uh, changing a lot of the old uh, rules and specifications and regulations. Adam Schechter, who's really been of tremendous help. LabCorp, please. Adam. Thank you, Mr. President. At LabCorp, we're working every second of every day to increase the number of tests that we can run. We're working with academic medical centers, with our colleagues at Quest, with other uh, hospital and other laboratories to ensure that we do everything we can to increase the testing as we move forward. And I can tell you we understand how important the testing is, and we are committed to doing everything possible. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. Thomas Moriarty, CVS. We all know CVS. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, 
We have been focused since the start of making sure our patients and the customers we serve have the information they need, the safety they need as well. We are committed to working with the administration and local public health officials to make this work as well. And thank you, sir, for the honor. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. Great job. And Bruce Greenstein, LHC Group, tremendously talented people. Thank you very much. Mr. President, thank you for the honor of being here. And the home health industry has been treating uh, patients and seniors in the safety and comfort of their own home for decades. We're very proud to be part of the equation for testing in their own home. For Americans that can't get to a test site or live in rural areas far away from a retail establishment, we're here to help and to partner with our hospitals and physicians as well as the people we have here today that will be doing testing around the country. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good test. Oh, we'll practice that. Okay, I like that. That's good. We're also announcing the following emergency executive actions today. Uh, to help our students and their families, I've waived interest in all student loans held by federal government agencies, and that will be until further notice. That's a big thing for a lot of students that are left in the middle right now. Many of those schools have been closed. Based on the price of oil, I've also instructed the Secretary of Energy to purchase, at a very good price, large quantities of crude oil for storage in the U.S. Strategic Reserve. We're going to fill it right up to the top, saving the American taxpayer billions and billions of dollars, helping our oil industry and making us even further toward that wonderful goal which we've achieved, which nobody thought was possible, of energy independence. It puts us in a position that's very strong, and we're buying it at the right price. And uh, that's something that uh, would have not even been possible a week ago. Uh, the price of oil went down quite a bit, so we're going to fill it up. It's a good time to fill it up. I'd like to ask Mike Pence to say a few words, please. BP. Thank you, Mr. President. It is um, this day should be an inspiration to every American because thanks to your leadership uh, from early on, not only are we bringing a whole of government approach to confronting the coronavirus, we're bringing an all of America approach. Uh, Mr. President, from early on, you took decisive action. You suspended all travel from China. You created travel advisories, South Korea and Italy. We screened all travelers from all airports in both of those countries. And on the unanimous recommendation of your health experts, you, at midnight tonight, uh, will effectively suspend all travel uh, from Europe. And Americans that were returning will be screened uh, and asked to voluntarily participate in a 14-day quarantine. Throughout this process, Mr. President, you put the health of America first but you brought the best of America to address it. And it's not just at the federal level. As you said, Mr. President, we've been working with states across the country. We issued broad guidelines from CDC for every American. But this week, at your direction, we tailored specific recommendations from CDC for New York, Washington State, California, Massachusetts, and Florida. And we've been in continuous contact, as you said, with governors around the country. And Mr. President, you have forged a seamless partnership with every state and every territory in this country to put the health of our nation first. But today, I, I trust that people around the country that are looking on at this extraordinary public and private partnership to address the issue of testing with particular inspiration. 
after you tapped me to lead the White House Corona Task Force, Mr. President, you said, this is all hands on deck. And you directed us to immediately reach out to the American business sector, commercial labs, to meet what we knew then would be the need for testing across the spectrum. And today, with this historic public-private partnership, we have laid the foundation to meet that need. For Americans looking on, by this Sunday evening, we'll be able to give specific guidance on, a, on when the website will be available. You can go to the website, as the President said. You'll type in your symptoms and be given direction whether or not a test is indicated. And then at the same website, you'll be directed to one of these incredible companies that have, are going to give a little bit of their parking lot so that people can come by and do a drive-by test. And Mr. President, I want to join you in thanking Walmart and CVS and Target and Walgreens. These are companies that are synonymous with communities large and small where people come together, and now they're going to come together to meet the needs of the American public. These commercial laboratories, uh, uh, LabCorp and Quest and Roach, have just done an incredible job stepping forward, and they're going to literally make, literally make uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of tests available and being processed with results to patients in the very near future. But it's all a result of you tasking us with bringing together not just government resources, which all state labs can now test across the country. CDC is testing. But you said, Mr. President, that we wanted to bring all the resources of the country together, and that's what this partnership really means. You know, the truth is that we have coronavirus cases now in 46 American states. And while the risk of serious illness of the coronavirus remains low, uh, we want to encourage every American to practice common sense, practice good hygiene, go to the CDC's website to see what the guidance is for your community or for the American people broadly. And as the President has said, it's especially important now that we look after senior citizens with chronic underlying health conditions. Last week, the President directed the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services to raise the standards at our nursing homes, increase inspections at our nursing homes. And today we're offering very specific guidance, which Seema Verma uh, will articulate about visitations at nursing homes. It's important to remember that they were there for us when we were growing up, Mr. President. They helped us with our homework. They tucked us in at night. They cheered us on as we pursued education, cheered us on in our careers, and now it's time for us to be there for them and to recognize that seniors with chronic health conditions are the most vulnerable and Americans can make a difference. So wash your hands, use common sense, look after the most vulnerable. And, Mr. President, I know I join you in saying that every American should be proud of this incredible public-private partnership that's going to be speeding access of testing uh, to millions of Americans in the weeks ahead. And together, as you've said many times, together we'll get through this. Together we'll put the health of America first. You're listening to the president and uh, assorted people from the White House. This is KFI and KOSD HD2 Los Angeles. Well, thank you to the president for the declaration. It allows my agency, CMS, that runs Medicare and Medicaid and has oversight of all of the nation's health care facilities to suspend regulations that could get in the way of treating patients. 
during this time. These temporary national blanket waivers are reserved for the rarest of circumstances, and they represent a massive mobilization of our country's resources to combat this terrible virus. And the flexibilities we are offering will be a godsend to the providers, clinicians, and facilities on the front lines of this fight. And later, CMS is going to be issuing guidance directing nursing homes to temporarily restrict all visitors and non-essential personnel, with a few exceptions, such as end-of-life situations. We fully appreciate that this measure represents a severe trial for residents of nursing homes and those who love them, but we are doing what we must to protect our vulnerable elderly. Thank you. As I said in my address to the nation the other night, all Americans have a role to play in defeating this virus. Our most effective weapon right now is to limit the damage to our people and our country and slow the spread of the virus itself. The choice we make, the precautions we put into place are critical to overcoming the virus, reducing its spread and shortening the duration of the pandemic, which is what it is. The CDC has published guidelines on the coronavirus.gov to enable its coronavirus.gov. And it's very, very heavily used right now, I will say, to enable every American to respond to this epidemic and to protect themselves, their families, and their communities. While the risks to young and healthy Americans remains very low, we've learned a lot about this over the last two weeks, Anyone can be a carrier for the virus and risk transmission to older Americans and those with underlying health conditions and those who are most at risk. They have not done very well. Older Americans who are, especially if they have a health problem, they have not done well. We must take all precautions and be responsible for the actions that we take and that we see other people take. We want to prevent the spread and transmission of the disease. Uh, it's incredible what's uh, sports, what's happening with the sporting world, where uh, so many of the great sports that we've gotten so used to at this time of the year, they're not going to be meeting, and they've done a, a great service, actually, by that. That would be a, another way that it could be uh, – problems could be caused. But this is why I outlined on Wednesday night my admission, administration's uh, – the fact that we've issued a requirement suspending all medically unnecessary visits to various places, but in particular nursing homes. We should all be working off the same playbook when it comes to protecting Americans. We have to. We need to be consistent in adopting measures to limit the spread of the virus. The virus is the same whether it's spreading in cities, towns, or rural communities. The tools and tactics for attacking it are similar no matter where you go. No matter where you go, you have some hot spots throughout the world right now that people would have never thought possible. And they're being very seriously affected. The key among these efforts are breaking chains of transmission between people. These measures have been adopted by many companies, universities, and schools. And we want to protect the safety and the health of their employees and their students. I encourage everyone to follow the guidelines we've issued by CDC and these common-sense measures, a lot of it's common sense. 
For the areas where the virus is spreading, the CDC is advising communities to postpone large gatherings, postpone assemblies, social functions and sporting events, stagger recess and lunch for schools that aren't canceled, limit in-person meetings, increase scheduled cleanings, and cancel work-sponsored travel, among numerous other steps that can be taken. Americans are the strongest and most resilient people on Earth. And in the coming weeks, we will all have to make changes and sacrifices, but these short-term sacrifices will produce long-term gain. And again, I've said we're learning a lot for the future and future problems like this, or worse, or worse, it could get worse. The next eight weeks are critical. We can learn and we will turn a corner on this virus. Some of the doctors say it will wash through, it will flow through in interesting terms. And very accurate. I think you're going to find in a number of weeks it's going to be a very accurate term. In times of hardship, the true character of America always shines through. We live in the company of the greatest heroes and the most inspiring citizens anywhere in the world. We want to take care of our people. We want to draw on the strength of our history, draw on the strength of our people. And we will get through this all together. We will just get through it. So much progress has already been made. And frankly, the numbers, because the steps that have been taken, are at a level that a lot of people are surprised especially when you compare them with other places with far smaller populations. The spirit and the will of our nation is unbreakable. We will defeat this threat when America's tested America rises to the occasion. And to those families and citizens who are worried and concerned for themselves and their loved ones, I want you to know that your federal government will unleash every authority, resource, and tool at its disposal to safeguard the lives and health of our people. So we're with you every step of the way. No nation is more prepared or more equipped to face down this crisis. As you know, we are rated number one in the world. We're also helping other nations, many other nations. We're helping them a lot. And they're doing okay in some cases. In some cases, they're not doing well at all. But we're working with a lot of groups of people and a lot of other nations. With faith and heart and hope and love and determination, we will succeed, we will prevail, we will be very, very successful, and we'll learn for the future. Thank you all very much. If you have any questions, we can take some. Go ahead, John, please. Uh, and if you'd like to ask some of the folks up here, would be fine, please. Sure. Uh, Mr. President, uh, where are you with the House bill? Uh, yesterday we talked to you in the Oval Office. You were opposed to it. What has happened since then, and, and what's the holdup on that? Well, we just don't think they're giving enough. We don't think the Democrats are giving enough. We're negotiating. We thought we had something, but uh, all of a sudden, they didn't agree to certain things that they agreed to. So uh, we could have something, but we don't think they're giving enough. They're not, uh, they're not doing what's right for the country. And if I could ask Dr. Fauci. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Mr. President. You just mentioned um, waiving interest for student loans. Yeah. You talked about buying oil from the, uh, from the SPR or adding to the SPR. What other specific targeted measures is your administration thinking about taking? The Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, said today that you're just in the second inning of yeah. things that you well, might be undergoing. that's true. And we are looking at many different things, as you know. You know, some of them have been written about very widely. But we're going to be releasing a paper in about two hours 
stating quite a few other steps, very important ones. Please, go ahead. What, sir, if you wouldn't mind? Please, go ahead. Thank you so much, Mr. President. I want to I wanna know if you are in contact with the Brazilian President Bolsonaro after a member of his delegation uh, who was with you Saturday was tested positive. And also, Senator, I, I want to ask another question, if you let me. Senators Lindsey Graham and also Senator Scott, uh, Rick Scott are self-isolating. Are you planning to take any uh, kind of precautionary, uh, precautionary measure to protect you and also your staff who was there? No, we have uh, no symptoms whatsoever, and uh, we have we had a great meeting with the president of Brazil, Bolsonaro, great guy, very very tremendous. He's done he's doing a fantastic job for Brazil, and as you know, he tested negative, meaning nothing wrong this morning, and we got that word too because we did have dinner with him. Uh, we were sitting next to each other for a long period of time. But are you in contact with him over uh, the coronavirus uh, no, we, uh, crisis? We have. We're talking about it country to country. But uh, we did discuss uh, if he had a problem. It was reported that he may have it, and he doesn't, fortunately. Thank you so yeah. much, Mr. President. Uh, Dr. Fauci said earlier this week that the lag in testing was, in fact, a failing. Do you take responsibility for that? And when can you guarantee that every single American who needs a test will be able to have a test? What's the date of that? Yeah, no, I don't take responsibility at all because we were given a, uh, a set of circumstances and we were given rules, regulations and specifications from a different time. Uh, wasn't meant for this kind of uh, an event uh, with the kind of numbers that we're talking about. And what we've done is redesigned it very quickly with the help of the people behind me. And we're now in very, very strong shape. I think we'll be announcing, as I said, Sunday night. And uh, this will start very quickly. And we have, we'll have the ability to do uh, in the millions uh, over a very, very quick period of time. So, no. And what we have done, and we are going to be leaving a very indelible print for the future in case something like this happens again. But it was a and that's not the fault of anybody. And frankly, the old system worked very well for smaller numbers, much smaller numbers, but not for these kind of numbers. Uh, Tony, maybe by you'd Sunday like to say night, something. Will you have? Tony, yes, please. please. By Sunday night, will every American be yeah. able to get a test? So just to reiterate what I said to many of you multiple times, it's a distance of a system. The system was not designed for what it was designed for. It worked very well. The CDC designed a good system. If you want to get the kind of blanket uh, testing and availability that anybody can get it, or you could even do surveillance to find out what the penetrance is, you have to embrace the private sector. And this is exactly what you're seeing, because you can't do it without it. So when I said that, I meant the system was not designed for what we need. Now, looking forward, the system will take care of it. Uh, Mr. President, and with respect, if even you go back... Please, if you go back to the swine flu, uh, it was uh, nothing like this. They didn't do testing like this. And actually, they lost approximately 14,000 people, and they didn't do the testing. They started thinking about testing when it was far too late. What we've done, and one of the reasons I think people are respecting what we've done, we've done it very early. We've gotten it very early. And we've also kept a lot of people out. Mr. President, uh, Mr. President yes, the last administration please. said that they had tested a million people at this point. You've been well, ask them how they did with the years. swine flu. It was a disaster. But with respect, you've been Next, please. Next, please. They had a very big failure with swine flu, a very big failure. President, I want to ask you about the uh, European travel ban that goes into effect at yeah. midnight tonight. 
and the exemption that you've offered to the UK. There are 17 countries that are in the so-called Schengen zone that have fewer coronavirus cases than the UK. And just in the past 24 hours, the UK has added 208 coronavirus cases to their total. Why do they, Mr. President, deserve an exemption? And would you consider adding them to this travel ban list? Well, that was recommended to me by a group of professionals, and uh, we are looking at it based on the new numbers that are coming out, and we may have to include them in the list of countries that we will, uh, you could say, ban or whatever it is during this period of time. But, yeah, the numbers have gone up fairly precipitously over the last 24 hours, so we may be adding that, and we may be adding a couple of others, and we may, frankly, start thinking about taking some off. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I'm a correspondent with Hong Kong Phoenix TV. Um, you have been mentioned. You have mentioned that the number in China has been decreasing. And China has made tremendous progress in the past weeks. Sure. I'm wondering how much confidence does this give you to control the virus in the United States? And do you see the data China has been sharing with the United States has been helpful? I think it has been helpful. We've been working very much with China. I've spoken, as you know, with President Xi. Uh, they went through hell, and uh, their numbers are starting to look very good. They're really, they're really looking very good. We're very happy about that. Uh, we are sharing data, yes. In fact, we're sharing quite a bit of data, including the fact that some of our pharmaceutical companies are working over there right now with large groups of people. Yeah, go ahead, please. Thank you, Mr. President. You spoke with uh, uh, Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau yesterday. Yes, uh, did you discuss the potential closing of the border between the Canada and the U.S.? And by extension, uh, are you considering ways to salvage the $2 billion daily trade between the two countries? So we didn't discuss the border. We've had a very good relationship. They're just about finished with the USMCA, as you know. He called, actually, he called me to tell me that. Uh, I think that was the primary reason for the call. At the time, his wife had not been diagnosed, and she's a lovely lady, wonderful lady, great lady. And uh, since then, I've heard, read, that uh, the result was that she has it. And I was a little surprised. I think he was surprised also. We did discuss it prior to. Uh, she's going to be fine, but uh, uh, he thought that she would not most likely have the virus. Unfortunately, she does. But we didn't discuss the border yesterday, no. Go ahead, please. If you have any questions for these great geniuses up here, you should. Even a business question related to what we're talking about. Mr. President, Ross Palumbo from ABC News Miami. As a relatively new Floridian, what is your message today to the cruise line industry and the travel industry that Florida depends upon? And since uh, Senator Rick Scott and Miami-Dade Mayor Carlos Jimenez have the same exposure as you, and they are self-isolating. What's your message to them, that they shouldn't be? Well, I don't know that I had exposure, but I don't have any of the symptoms. And we do have a White House doctor, and I should say many White House doctors, to, frankly. Uh, and I asked them that same question, and they said, uh, you don't have any symptoms whatsoever. And we don't want people without symptoms to go and do the test. The test is not insignificant. Uh, as far as the cruise line business, we're with them all the way. It's a great business. It's a great U.S. business, frankly. And uh, I know how important they are to the country. That includes airlines. But the cruise line business obviously was hit very hard. Uh, we had a tremendous success out in 
Oakland, where we moved it. Uh, Vice President Pence did a fantastic job with that. We worked with UK. We worked with Canada. Uh, they took their people back in Canada. It was approximately 600 people. UK, likewise, took a large number of people back to the United Kingdom. And uh, we have people quarantined. It was a big operation, and it worked out really — you don't hear about it anymore. It worked out really well. Mike, you may even want to say something about that, because that was really done properly. You're listening to a White House press conference, well, the latest on the coronavirus. Uh, this is KFI. Program with the Grand Princess, the ship is continuing to be administered in uh, the highest standards, orderly way, as the president directed. And uh, Americans that needed treatment have received them. I spoke to the governor of Iowa today, and uh, some of those who now have been cleared are are able, in proper supervision, to be returning to Iowa. They're making arrangements for them to do that. Others in Texas, others in Georgia. Again, it's another example of the extraordinary cooperation. Governor Abbott, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, uh, Governor Brian Kemp uh, of Georgia. But to add to that, the president uh, directed me last Saturday to travel uh, down to Miami. Uh, we met with all the leaders of the cruise line industry. Uh, several cruise lines have announced uh, a 60-day pause uh, in operations. Uh, our uh, Department of Homeland Security has uh, praised them uh, for doing that because of the unique health challenges particularly presented uh, to seniors with underlying conditions. Uh, we have a proposal from the cruise line industry, but um, they're currently considering what other steps that they might take, uh, perhaps even similar to what those other lines have taken. We're anticipating some response on that uh, in the next 24 hours. But as the President said, the American people cherish our cruise line industry, men and women who work on the ships, men and women who work on the shore, all the economies that are so benefited by a vibrant cruise line industry. And what the President's directed us to do uh, is whether there, uh, whether there is a pause in the moment, as some cruise lines are doing, and as we all continue to discuss, we want to work with the cruise line industry to ensure that when we come through this, that cruise lines and the medical services that are available uh, and for the passengers and, and all of the crew, that, that, that cruise lines are safer than ever before and can prosper for many years to come. Go ahead, please. This question is for Drs. Uh, Fauci and Burke. Burks. Uh, Dr. Fauci, based on what you currently know, what is the trajectory for when this outbreak will peak? How long will the American people have to remain on this emergency footing? And for Dr. Burks, as the administration tries to get its arms around this test kit shortage issue, the next glaring need could be respirators and related hospital equipment. So what is the administration doing right now to ramp up production of respirators and, the, and that kind of equipment should this uh, outbreak persist? So when you have an outbreak like this, um, particularly if you're trying to interfere with it, it's really impossible to predict the time element of when it's going to peak and when it's naturally going to go down. So if you look at the situation where countries really did not get to the point of trying to contain and mitigate very well, you see a peak over several weeks and then down again over other several weeks. What we're trying to do with the efforts that we're doing is to blunt that peak. And I mentioned it many times, and I think it's important and appropriate for me to mention it again because it answers your question. When you talk about preventing infections from without in, which is the kind of travel restrictions we're talking about, then how do you handle what you already have in your country? You continue some sort of containment, but you also do mitigation. 
and you try to proportion it to the areas where there are the most infections. The success of that and how much you make this turn into this is going to give you the amount of time. If we're successful, it'll be less. If we're not successful, it's going to be more. But these kind of things generally run out in a few months. Hopefully, we'll make it several weeks, eight, nine, whatever weeks. But I can't give you a number because it depends on how successful we are. Great. Thank you. It's a great question. And Dr. Fauci and I have worked together a very long time and continue. It's a privilege to work with him every day. Um, so I think you can learn very, and I appreciate there were some graphics done by some of the reporting over the last several days. If you align the data from China with the data with South Korea, um, you can start to see almost a complete overlay um, of that data. And so that's what we're tracking very closely, as well as Italy. But you have an excellent question. I just want to make one note. In South Korea, I want to repeat, only 4% of the tests were positive. That means 96% of the people had a different respiratory disease because we're in the middle of flu season, cold season, and all of the other um, respiratory diseases that we get every day. In LabCorp and Quest early data, they're running about 1% to 2% positive. That means that we have a lot more other respiratory disease out there besides the coronavirus, and that's why the screening is critical. But even with the screening, we're going to low, run what we think are very low rates. Needless to say, though, we're taking it extraordinarily seriously to plan for what could come. Not what, what Dr. Fauci talked about, blunting the curve. That makes it much less high need at that peak of the curve that we're all planning for. So we're in full inventory of all of our assets by the president unlocking and this emergency order and the secretary of HHS's ability. It unlocks all of those stockpiles, those needs, what the VA has, what the DOD has, what the National Guard has, and what every hospital has. And the hospital emergency preparedness plan allows them to defer elective issues to keep those hospital beds open for those who might need it. So we're in full planning mode for each of those things. And, and I might add that we are in the process, and in some cases have already done it, ordered a large number of respirators just in case. We hope we don't need them, but we've ordered a large number. Uh, yeah, go ahead, please. Thank you very much, Mr. President. Uh, in your uh, speech uh, to the nation, uh, you mentioned the situation in China and South Korea have improved, and you are thinking about uh, remove the restrictions, also the uh, warning uh, right. in place right now. When can we expect that announcement, and how do you see the overall uh, progress that Asian countries uh, made? Well, some are making progress, some are not, as you know, but some are making progress. And as they make progress, as they get down to the number that we all think is right, that they know is right, we know is right, we'll be opening it up. And uh, some are really moving along rapidly. We hope to be able to open things up as quickly as possible. Go ahead, please. Go ahead. Um, I'd like to ask Secretary Azar and Dr. Fauz, uh, Fauzi, just how, Dr. Fauci, okay? Right, uh, better, right. better. Not 100%, but 90%. Right. Go ahead. This affects the elderly primarily, and in that sense, it's an unusual disease. Is any specific research being done as to why it affects our senior citizens more than others? So I, I don't mean to, to diminish your, your question, 
But we already know why it would affect senior citizens more. Because when you talk about anything that requires a robust immune system, as you get older, your immune system is not as potent as it is when you are young. And that's the reason why when you talk about even influenza, which we have extraordinary experience with over decades and decades, the people who are very vulnerable are the elderly and those with underlying conditions. The same thing holds true for a variety of other disease. Why cancer is more prevalent in some, in mostly in older individuals, because the immune system that screens for it is less robust. So it really is something that is kind of well known over a lot of studies. Okay. OAN, please. OAN. Mr. President, the Chinese officials are expressing some tones of uh, discontent with how, uh, where the source of this virus has come from, and they're spinning some odd narratives. What are your response to the Chinese officials who are doing that, and have they signaled any kind of um, resistance to upcoming trade talks in uh, in response to how we're handling this virus? No, we virus? have our deal with China. They're going to be buying $250 billion worth of goods and $50 billion from our farmers, and it's a great deal for our country. It's about time somebody did that. Uh, and frankly, uh, phase two will start negotiating. Uh, I did read one article, but I don't think that article was representative, certainly not in my conversations with President Xi. And they know where it came from. We all know where it came from. Thank you, Mr. President. I'm Michelle Sunder from PBS yes. NewsHour. Um, my first question is, you said that you don't take responsibility, but you did disband the White House pandemic office, and the officials that were working in that office left this administration abruptly. So what responsibility do you take to that? And the officials that worked in that office said that, you, that the White House lost valuable time because that office wasn't disbanded. What do you make of that? Well, I just think it's a nasty question, because what we've done is uh, in Tony had said numerous times that uh, we've saved thousands of lives because of the quick closing. Uh, and when you say me, I didn't do it. Uh, we have a group of people. I could, I could ask perhaps my administration, but I could perhaps ask uh, Tony about that because uh, I don't know anything about it. I mean, you say you say we did that. I don't know anything you, about it. You don't know We're about, the, no, about the reorganization that it's, happened it's at the, the National Security It's the administration. Council. Perhaps they do that. You know, people yeah, let it, people go. You used to be with a different newspaper than you are now. You know, things like that happen. But this is a, okay. this is an organization. Please go ahead. We're doing a great job. Let me tell you, these professionals behind me and the these great, incredible doctors and business people, the best in the world, and I can say that whether it's retailers or or labs or anything you want to say. These are the best in the world. We're doing a great job. Uh, we have 40 people right now, 40. Compare that with other countries that have many, many times that amount. And one of the reasons we have 40 and others have — and again, that number is going up, just so you understand. And a number of cases, which are very small, relatively speaking, it's going up. But we've done a great job because we acted quickly. We acted early. And there's nothing we could have done that was better than closing our borders to highly infected areas. Please, go ahead. Thank you, Mr. President. Vanessa Yaglish for NTN24, for all Latin American countries, yes, sure. and also for Spain, La Razón, and Antena Dres. I would like to ask you two very brief questions. One, um, for how long we're going to have the um, emergency, the, I mean, the national emergency? Um, I hope not long, but it's there now, and it gives tremendous powers 
uh, for things that we need. Tremendous power, actually. And uh, the Stafford Act and various other things that we're involved with and uh, have studied and memorized in so many different ways and forms, it gives uh, the kind of uh, power that we need to get rid of this virus. And we're going to do it very quickly. And I hope we won't need it very long, but whatever it takes. So for now, we still don't know for how long. And I, something very important I wanted to ask you is, like, how do you think, do you really think it's essential coordinating with other countries and learning from the lessons that they already suffered, these same situation yeah. countries, of course, like China and South Korea, but now recently sure. Italy and Spain? Well, and Italy's how is having, that coordination done? Italy Thank you so much, Mr. Yeah, we're in touch with Italy, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a country that we love. We have tremendous millions and millions of uh, people originally origins from Italy and uh, we're working with them they're in a very uh, they're in probably relatively speaking the toughest position of all uh, we're in touch with everybody we're in touch with when I say everybody we're in touch with uh, many of the countries that you know about that you're writing about and they're calling us asking for advice they're asking for the advice of the people behind me uh, Italy's got a tough situation, but they're, they're really uh, — they have really clamped down. I think they're going to see some very good results. It's tough. What they did, they really took their medicine. But uh, they're going to see some much better results. Yeah, Jeff? Thank you, sir. Uh, with regard to domestic travel, should Americans feel safe, or should Americans at all be traveling to states such as Washington State, New York, uh, and other hot spots within this country? And a follow-up on Brazil, uh, you're asking people who come back from, Amer from Europe, Americans who are coming back from uh, Europe, to self-quarantine for a couple weeks. You were in a picture with somebody who now has coronavirus from Brazil at Mar-a-Lago. How is that different? Well, I'll tell you, first of all, I'm not coming back from someplace. But you were uh, exposed. We, uh, there was somebody that they say has it. I have no idea who he is, but I take pictures, and it lasts for literally seconds. I don't know the gentleman that we're talking about. I have no idea who he is. I haven't seen the picture. I said there's a picture of somebody, but I take sometimes hundreds of pictures a day. And that night I was taking hundreds of pictures, so I just don't know. Now, I did sit with the president for probably two hours, but he's uh, tested negative, so that's good. It's just a matter please, of... Go and the, the domestic Go ahead, please. Uh, I would say uh, if you stay home, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Now, there are certain parts of the country that are essentially have no have zero problem. Uh, Washington's been very tough, in particular a nursing home. And but Washington, the state of Washington's been very tough. It's been a big percentage of, when you talk about the 40 deaths, it's been a big percentage of the deaths, as you know very well. And uh, they all came from a very a certain area, unfortunately. Please, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you very much, yes. Mr. President. Cordelia Lynch. Sky You're listening News to the president's press availability about the coronavirus from the White House on KFI. In light of the rise in cases, are you changing your mind about that? You also just spoke about possible travel restrictions. Have you discussed when they might be put in place? Well, in light of the results, as we discussed before, in light of the results, we're going to be looking at it. And uh, I know the the task force is looking at it very strongly, Vice President, everybody. It, it was looking good, but they've, uh, the results have been building up pretty rapidly. So we'll, we'll be taking another look at that. Yes, absolutely. Go ahead, please. 
Mr. President, thank you. I want to first follow up on Jeff's question, because the person you were standing next to, whether you know who he is or not, tested positive for coronavirus. Dr. Fauci said this morning, if you stand next to somebody who tested positive, you should self-isolate and get a test. You say your White House doctor is telling you something. Who should Americans listen to? And my second question is... I think they have to listen to their doctors. And I think they uh, shouldn't be jumping to get the test unless it's necessary. But I think they have to listen to their doctors. And I I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the picture. Somebody said there's a picture with somebody taking a picture with me, but I haven't seen it. Doctors have said you might have it even if you don't have symptoms. Are you being selfish by not getting tested and potentially? Well, I didn't say I wasn't going to be tested. Are you going to be? Uh, Most likely, yeah. Most likely, not for that reason, but because I think I will do it anyway. Uh, Will you let us fairly know the soon? Results? We're working on that. We're working out a schedule. My second question, Mr. You President. Go ahead, that was a follow-up. Go ahead. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk about testing. Um, I just want to make sure we're clear, though, because we've been hearing from doctors who say, as of today, they still can't get patients tested who need a test. So, as of today, can everyone who a doctor wants to have tested? get tested, and if not, when? Well, when that's will been true for a while, but I'll let Mike, why don't you answer that, Mike? Well, as the President said, and Dr. Fauci has articulated, um, the nature of our current system where the CDC has samples sent and tests are performed or state labs perform tests, or in some cases university and hospital labs perform tests, is generally adequate for an infectious disease or for people getting a diagnostic work done. But given the sheer scale of this, the president tasked us with bringing together this extraordinary public and private partnership. Uh, Today, by some estimates, when you add all the labs together, and today uh, the president uh, made it possible for every state in the country and their state labs to authorize labs across their state to do coronavirus testing we, we're, we're estimating somewhere between 15 and 20,000 tests a day uh, are able to be performed. Uh, but very soon, uh, with, with the program that was announced today, Americans will be able to visit one of the sites uh, closest to them, as described on the website, if they're symptomatic, if the questionnaire indicates it, be able to have a test there, and these incredible companies will, will process the test and, and they'll receive that information. But for now, the best advice that we can give for people is to speak to their doctor, as the president just said. And if the doctor indicates uh, that physician, if it's not a a university hospital uh, or uh, otherwise authorized lab, can contact the state lab. Uh, And uh, again, every state lab in the country can perform tests today. But what the president charged us with when I was tasked to take over the White House Coronavirus Task Force was open up tests all across the country. The president said a few days ago that we made it clear that any American that wanted to get a test would be able clinically to get a test. Because I literally heard from the governor of Washington State who said the doctors in Washington State were saying that if you were only mildly symptomatic, they would not order a test. And fortunately, the president directed CDC to clarify that. Now, anyone in consultation with their physician, regardless of their symptoms, can request a test, um, and their doctors will contact those, uh, those agencies, those labs in their state. But very soon, Americans will be able to go to these uh, 
these drive-in sites uh, and, and be able to obtain and participate in a test. Dr. Burks, is there more to amplify that? No, I think, I, I think that's, that's perfectly said. I think just to review once more time about the testing, um, with LabCorp and Quest, I think many of you have been to doctor's office and seen the little boxes outside. What they do is they deliver both the specimen collection piece because remember, it's a nasal swab. Um, it's not a tube of blood. So they've delivered that to doctor's offices and hospitals, and then they will arrange to pick that up. The important piece in this all is they've gone from a machine that may have a lower throughput to the potential to have automated extraction. I know you don't want all these details, but it's really key for the laboratory people. It's an automated extraction of the RNA that then runs in an automated way on the machine with no one touching it, and the result comes out of the other end. So sample to machine to results. That cuts out a lot of the manual pieces that were happening that were delaying the test results. And so with that, what's the timeline like from when you're tested to when you get results? Like next week, what should people expect? Well, with the prior testing, it was taking several days because the test is slower. We believe with this test, because of its throughput, that the testing can be from start, remember it has to transport, to the laboratory that will run it. And then we're hoping that all can be finished within 24 hours, which is very similar to other tests that you receive today. These are not point-of-care tests. We are working on point-of-care tests, but we have to realize point-of-care tests take six months or more to develop. So we're not waiting for those. We're still diagnosing this on nucleic acid. So it's an antibody. This is actually the antigen, the, the actual virus in your nose that we're amplifying. I think you have to remember, though, we're working very closely with states. And so you have a smaller form and more targeted form of government going in and doing it, uh, like in New York, where uh, the relationship is very good, like Gavin Newsom, where uh, he made some very complimentary – that's California – he made some really complimentary comments the other day about how we're working together. We worked on the ship together, but we worked on a lot of other things together having to do with this. And uh, we're, we're really, the relationship that we have – I can't think of a bad relationship. Uh, we're helping them. Uh, we're funding them in some cases, depending on what it is you're talking about. And we're all working together very closely. So we've done, uh, really, I think, a tremendous job of, uh, of teamwork with the different states. All right, one or two more. And if you, have, if you have questions for these folks, does anybody have a question for the folks up here? Who has a question up here? You have? Okay, go ahead. If you have a question, go ahead. Thank you. I have one for you as well. I, I thought. I, I <laughs> no, but I do was. have one for them because I, I haven't waiting. heard this I was waiting yet. for that. Go ahead. Because I haven't heard this Ask yet. Ask them first, please. Yes, I will. Okay, with regards to the CEOs, can you please tell us when you expect to see items like hand sanitizer that have been going out of stock very quickly back on the shelves? There have been uh, a lot of reports about that. And for you, Mr. President, could you talk about a potential bailout for the cruise industry? You had suggested that could happen. Is that something you're still looking at? And how much would that be? Well, I didn't suggest that it could happen, but I can tell you it's an industry that was very badly impacted by what's going on with the virus. And uh, it's a great industry. It's a very important industry. And we will be helping them, and we will be helping the airline industry if we have to, assuming we have to. So far, people haven't been asking. But if they should be asking, we'll uh, – we want to make sure our airline is very strong. And then one day, and one day, all of a sudden, uh, wasn't 
looking so good. Interestingly, we're just talking, I was talking to Doug, and uh, the numbers they're doing from the retailing standpoint, I guess because of this, your business is like the opposite. All of you have been, you've been selling a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff. Do you want to answer the question as to the hand sanitizers? Sure. Yeah, specifically the areas where we're seeing pressure in the supply chain are surface cleaners, cleaning supplies, paper goods in particular. Hand sanitizer is going to be very difficult to have 100% in stock on for some time. We're still replenishing it and shipping it, but as soon as it hits the stores, it's going. The same thing's true for the categories I just mentioned. So all the retailers will be working hand-in-hand with the suppliers to bring that to the market as fast as we can. What is your advice, though, for Americans who are seeking those items what is your advice? They're selling out online. They're selling out in the stores. What- I think th- I think this team has given you other examples of what people can do to fight back against this virus, and you should look at the entire list. Dr. Fauci, please. I mean, obviously, it sounds very simplistic, but wash your hands as often as you possibly can. And I know you're not always in a position to be able to wash your hands, uh, but wash them as as much as you can. If you don't have the the alcohol wipes, try and get them. If you can't get them, just try as best as possible to do it. I mean, you got to do the best you can. Well, just general preparedness. You know, uh, you want to wash your hands. You want to keep distance from people. And if you're around someone sick, keep away from them. This is basic, basic public health. Now, th- these guys are selling a lot of toilet paper. I don't know there seems to. Tony, did you give some guidance that <laughs> that, uh, that toilet paper is not an effective protection against getting the coronavirus? Um, they're selling out. Um, but the uh, it, it, soap and water, hot water, soap, 20 seconds. That's how you do it. Okay, one more. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, over here, behind you. Behind you. Thank you very much, Mr. President. You have a great team, of course. That's true. My Thank question you. is, Mr. President, are you happy from the Chinese response? What correctly really told you what really happened those days? And second, Prime Minister Modi or India have closed borders until April 15th, if you have spoken with the Prime Minister of India and if they have needed any help. And finally, sir, any message for the small businesses because they are losing some businesses because of this. Thank you, sir. Well, on small businesses, the Small Business Administration is now stacked with money to help them, and we're going to make the money readily available if they need it, small businesses. Uh, We had a great time in India. It was an incredible two days, and he's a great friend of mine, and he's a friend of his people because he was greeted incredibly warmly, as was I, in that stadium. It was an incredible event, and I loved being with him. So just say hello to him. But uh, we, uh, we talked about everything. We talked about far more than just borders. And as far as President Xi, likewise, he's a friend of mine. Uh, I believe that uh, we are dealing in good faith, that we just uh, worked a as you know, as I just said, he, we just worked a, an incredible deal, big deal, one of the biggest deals ever made of any kind, uh, big even by the standards of some of the people here that deal with China. But I think that uh, they want to get to the bottom of things also. We're working, our drug companies, our pharmaceutical companies are working very closely with China and with India, as you know, and with uh, all over the world. And they're all over the world. These are magnificent companies that are very, very knowledgeable. And it's we're very lucky to have them because I think you're going to come up with whether it's therapeutic or whether it's uh, just help, help in getting better, and then ultimately a vaccine, which takes a little bit longer because of the test periods and a couple of other reasons. Uh, you're going to have it very quickly because of the 
the great knowledge, and they'll have it very quickly. They've made a tremendous amount of progress. Thank you all very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. There you go, President Trump and his team with the update from the White House today on COVID-19. A couple of big things to take away from that. In general, um, kudos to the president for not only talking with uh, the leaders in terms of health and human services, the top medical minds that he's been working with in, in response to this, but also the the private corporations, the companies that are going to be really, I think, the the muscle behind whatever strong sword we swing at this this whole uh, epidemic. A lot of the criticism has been about the testing, the lack thereof, and they have laid out a new testing approach designed to screen hundreds of thousands of Americans at drive through centers based around major retail chains. So that if you want to get tested, you're going to be able to get tested. This was a cohesive effort, as you mentioned. And I I do think that it's nice that there is a government and corporate uh, uh, cooperation here. Yeah, it's that I think is probably what we were talking about while listening to that is the strongest aspect of what we, the United States, bring to this game is the power of private industry to help deal with this. Uh, they mentioned the number of tests that would be available. They're talking about between fifteen and 20,000 tests available per day at some point. It's not today. It's probably sometime next week. But still, that's a significant number, and it's one of those things that, that at least makes people feel comfortable. Not that everyone's getting tested. The question came up about the president, if he would be the one, uh, if he would be a person who would get tested. Well, considering... because there was that Brazilian press secretary that was with him at Mar-a-Lago over right. the weekend, shaking hands, our pictures, the whole thing. And the president kind of downplayed it today, saying, well, I take pictures with a lot of people at last seconds. I don't know. But it's like, you know, if I was in close parameters with somebody who was testing positive, I absolutely would get a test. Right, but I think what would happen is if you were to call your doctor and say, I shook hands with a guy named Gary who tested positive. He'd say, do you have symptoms? I'd say no, and he said, stand down. He would, But he would also tell you to stay at home. Right. Uh, Give it 14 days. If you do start to feel symptoms, if you do have those things like the the – trouble breathing, the respiratory issues, then we'll talk about it again. They did keep their distance from the president. (laughs) Which was kind of funny. A little bit. Although everybody was using the same podium. They were all touching the same thing. So he was pressed and pressed and pressed about it. And he said eventually that he will most likely be tested for the virus fairly soon, but that he has no symptoms. All right. Uh, Good news is the Dow rebounded quite a bit. It was up almost 10 percent today, up 1,985 points to end the week. That's good. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Barbara Ferrer, the latest from L.A. County. They have some new numbers to tell us about when it comes to COVID-19. Gary and Shannon and... Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640, live everywhere on that iHeartRadio app. I have good news. How much are you going to give me for it? <laughs> Well, I felt like that news conference was actually relatively positive. I mean, if you had to put a needle on that thing. But it was still related to a virus that the CDC said could wipe out 1.7 million people. It was encouraging. Mm -hmm. It was encouraging. Okay, give me positive. Okay, so you know how all sports have been canceled? Yes. We found a sport that isn't. It's the uh, Professional Bowling Association. Right. And they have an event on Sunday at 1.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Okay. Now, uh... Mo concerned us because he said the PBA was canceled. It turned out that was the Philippine Basketball Association. So 
I wasn't following their season anyway, so I don't feel like there's a giant loss there. But the Pro Bowlers Association apparently yeah, still going. Yeah, on Sunday, one thirty, we have an event um, that might be Eastern. So check your local listings. <laughs> local listings. Uh, and then Monday night, there's an event. And Tuesday night, there's an event. So we're all about to become big bowling aficionados. All right. Uh, here was the news conference from uh, just, uh, just wrapped up there at the White House. To unleash the full power of the federal government in this effort today, I am officially declaring a national emergency. Two very big words. Two very, very big words. <laughs> that was the takeaway for it, me. Basically, it unlocks a whole lot of new money and new resources, not just for the federal government, but, but for the federal government to pass on down to the states as well in terms of the response to the coronavirus outbreak. Now, the one of the doctors that was talking behind the president today was talking about the number of tests that have been done. And there has been some criticism about how few tests we've done in the United States, considering we're a country of 330 million people. We've only done in the thousands of tests on people who have uh, come in and been concerned about coronavirus. But according to that doctor, of those tests that have been done in the United States, only one to two percent of them have been positive, which is important in terms of keeping our our heads around exactly how pervasive this thing may be, even in South Korea. In South Korea, where they've been doing 10,000 tests a day, which is the number we've all been hearing, in South Korea, they've only been able to uh, – uh, they've they've only had 4% of those tests come out positive. So that it's not over, but that's an encouraging sign. There are a lot of other respiratory things that are going on in people's lives right now – Outside of coronavirus, or more, just normal flu, for example. More good news. The Dow up 1985. We said it was going to bounce back. And like Nostradamus, we were correct. Uh, Warren, no, too far. Just like Nostradamus? Uh, akin. Okay. Uh, locally in Orange County, there's a supervisor who says that there are nine cases of coronavirus in Orange County. Nine guys. So there's, well, there's nine, there's nine in Orange uh, County. Calm down. We just uh, we found Ease out. Ease off that toilet paper rack. As of, <laughs> as of uh, a short time ago, during the president's speech, L.A. County came out with its advisory and said that they have eight new cases of COVID nineteen. Three of them have identif- uh, have unidentified sources of exposure. One of them had recently traveled to South Korea. Four of those cases are pending more investigations. So as of this date, as of right now, L.A. County has 40 cases. Six of them are expected to be or likely due to community transmission. Two of the cases uh, that they confirmed today have been hospitalized. Um, I mentioned earlier that there was a report that came out of the Santa Clarita Valley for the SCV's first positive test. According to the hospital that did the test, that person was tested and sent home. For self-quarantine. And then because of the way the testing has been going lately, it's been taken a few days. It's been taken several days in some cases to get a positive. And in that case, that person is not at the hospital. They have been sent home for self-quarantine and were notified of their positive test. Don't you want like a dossier of everywhere they've been? I want one. Yes. I'm like not going to get like one. Have they been to the Ralphs? Yes. Um, the uh, Have they been to the Mediterranean place? <sighs> Don't say that. Have they been to the new sandwich place? I am concerned about places like that, those new restaurants that I love and have mm-hmm. just absolutely been fascinated with the last couple of weeks to know that this is we're entering into a time where some of those um, 
up and coming places, the the low hanging tough times. I don't want to be derogatory, but I, but low hanging fruit when it comes to those businesses, they have a they have a very very strong potential of not making it through. This. I know. Well, all of them do. You know, and you know, my husband yesterday we were talking to Rachel in Seattle about how important it is to continue eating out. Neil talked about it earlier in the week, and he's he texted me. He's like, well, "Let's go to Indian tonight." I was like, "Great." And then like an hour later, he texts me, maybe we'll stay home because like you want to support the local economy. Right. But you also want to be smart about coming into contact with people who aren't as smart. Get takeout. I guarantee you every restaurant, regardless of whether they do it on a regular basis, will do takeout now. Is everyone also eating way more than usual or is that just me? Because I am eating everything that's not nailed down. Comfort food. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. It's an animal response to this. I ate a butter sandwich last night at about 9.30. What are you, my daughter after her first year of college? <laughs> I thought about that the whole time. John and Ken show coming up Every next. Every single bite. I was like, hey, <laughs> is this the spare butter or the Dad, regular butter? Dad, where's the butter? <laughs> you see you Monday? Maybe. No, it's going to be fine. We'll be back on Monday. It's all good. All right. cool, stay, cool. stay dry, everybody. <laughs> Blessings.